you hate it so much. I can already I see. I can already see on your face. Yeah, it's okay. You talks about my micro expressions. <laughs> micro expressions. <laughs> stop it. I love you. Thing, <laughs> my thing. Stop it. All right. Okay. Here we go. Can I just get this down? Ah, there we go. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, welcome to the Jesus Way podcast. Today we will be a little bit different. We have Phil Martin joining us, and we're going to get into a conversation on just the gospel of Jesus and abortion, and how do we as followers of Jesus tackle this um, this subject. So very excited to have Phil here. Uh, before Phil, I want you to introduce yourself. But before you do that. Um, I want to say I've known Phil since I don't know what you're in eighth grade maybe like mm-hmm. I've known of you talked to you talking to you in the the hub building we used to meet in and talking and um, reason why I want Phil is I Phil you love Jesus man and I you know this and I say this to your face but you love Jesus you're passionate for him you're evangelistic you're bold we know that you live out the faith like when I look at you I go I hope my son has the demeanor and personality and love and passion for Jesus like Phil does. And I'm not just saying that as like fake compliments. Honestly like if I would want my son to hang out with someone and be like learn from him, be like him, you are like top 5. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. people and their love and their boldness and their excitement and how you make people feel. Um Phil is just one of those guys where if you meet him you go that guy made me feel so welcomed and so loved. Mm-hmm. And I probably hear that the most from people who visit our church. I'm like, who did you meet? And I think I met this guy, big smile, glasses. I'm like, Phil, you know, like it's the sweetest thing. And just, um, just thank you for who you are and how you love so well. Um, so Phil, before we kind of get into the topic, just, I guess, tell us who you are, what you're currently doing school-wise, life-wise, and just, yeah, can you just tell us about yourself, man? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate the kind words and I'm thankful to be here. You know, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here, to share with you guys mm-hmm. and to learn. Um, and to talk through some some difficult things. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, my name is Philip. I love Jesus. And um, I received my bachelor's of science in health education from the University of Florida in 2019. Nice. And I'm currently pursuing my degree in uh, as a doctor in dental medicine at Nova Southeastern University um, down here in Davie, Florida. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm a second year student. Second year, yeah. And getting ready to see patients in, in August. Mm. And definitely, I'm, I feel like I'm inundated with the medical community, with a lot of information from there, mm-hmm. and then also, you know, inundated with my church community mm-hmm. and, and truth from there. So I feel yeah. um, like the Lord is just walking me through a unique season well, of how to filter this this information mm-hmm. and not just what gets to me the fastest, but where do I truly feel? What does the word say about this and mm-hmm. how I should go about that? And that, that's been a process. Yeah. Wow, so let's talk about that because I think I I more just want to take on like a, a curiosity kind of role with you mm-hmm. because you have grown up in like a Christian environment, right? You went to, your your parents are believers. Mm-hmm. You went to a Christian school uh, up until high school or through high school, and then like you said, UF, and um, you've had just a, cu- a couple of different kind of backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? So um, on Friday, um, and I guess you know depending on when this is released, but last Friday for us, Roe v. Wade was overturned, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I think there was obviously across our country, like a mixture of emotions mm-hmm. and responses and, and just feelings t- to that, toward that. Um, <clears throat> I think my emotions were on a, a place where I'm like, wow, I know that prayers for years from our family, from my end, like, I, I honestly cannot believe that happened in our lifetime. Mm. And, and I say that in a positive way. Like, I can't believe this was overturned. I know that others saw that day and go, I don't know, you know, I've read Wall Street Journal and People Magazine and the, the articles are saying like, this is the worst day in America's history. We're going back in time. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the response are much different. Um, and so obviously by their response, I look like an archaic old, I can't believe you would even believe in 
you know, pro-life or, or I guess anti-choice is maybe how they'll put it. Mm. <clears throat> so I, I more want to just kind of hear your reaction when you, you know, heard about Friday, just from where you're at and where you're at as a, as a Christian, where you're at in the kind of that medical side and your, your experiential side. Um, what did you first think? What did you first feel kind of what, what emotions I guess went through your mind? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> definitely just to be honest, uh, initially I was devastated, um, because I was just thinking about my community, um, mm. right away. So that was my first thought, you know, not saying that should have been my first thought, but it was in my community, meaning your school, my, the black community, mm. even, um, when I thought about the rates of abortion, in our community, the fact that black mothers are likely or black women are likely to experience death three times, um, the three times, three times more likely than a regular woman would. I was like, man, how is that going to affect them? And that's where I was immediately like devastated in that moment. Um, I hadn't even processed the what the Lord wants me mm. to feel or philosophically what that means. I just thought about who's going to suffer from this, mm. who's going to hurt from this. Mm -hmm. um, babies, the unborn, mm -hmm. and and women, mm -hmm. and um, and families. So that was my initial reaction. Yeah, you know, I saw a similar thing from AOC who tweeted, you know, millions of lives or thousands of lives are going to be affected from this, like there will be lots and lots of deaths, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, well, there already have been millions of deaths. Mm -hmm. You know, my thought was, no, there's already been 64 million. And so I got my point of just bringing out is obviously there's a, a difference of response, right? Like you said mm -hmm. people will be hurt or affected. My thought is lives will be saved. Now, obviously this is not, by the way, Roe v. Wade does not fix or solve anything. We know just going back to the States and they ultimately have the choice to kind of, you know, decide on how this is going to play out. <clears throat> but I'm bringing this up because your response was like you said, you use the words, I was devastated. And you, you talk about it like you said, from your community. So, I mean, I want to understand that. Cause I mean, what, what, um, what has, I guess, you know, you bring up some data points too. Like what's right. led you to that? What's led you to think that or see that that way? hundred percent. Um, definitely there's, I feel like there's so many arguments. I'll try to just pick out the top, you know, couple that stood out to me personally yeah. as a believer. What, why did I wrestle with this? Mm. And, um, I think the hardest question for me to answer, which a lot of people have been talking about is how do we handle like talking about this when the mother is at risk mm -hmm. so you know i want to be very clear i'm not pro murdering babies mm -hmm. but i think it's a multifaceted issue that we have to talk about and i feel like being able to when we hear this news to be able to jump around and mm -hmm. celebrate at the supreme court like many were doing mm -hmm. I feel like we just have to take a second to think. And even for me being devastated, I really had to take a second mm. to think what this means. I think mm -hmm. it's it's great Yeah. for some reasons, the more I process this, mm. that the unborn now have been spoken up for, um, but also it's detrimental to the people that are gonna suffer from this. I mean, I don't wanna ignore the fact that if I wasn't a believer, I feel like the arguments for choice are very strong from a medical and financial perspective. Um, and what I mean by that is from a medical perspective, right? maybe that's what I'll talk about first. I definitely want to just pull up some of my notes here, if that's mm -hmm. all right. And um, so I feel like from the first point I wanted to talk about is cancer patients, heart failure patients, their treatment is affected when a mother is pregnant. So I feel like a lot of people say abortion is not part of healthcare. Um, and I, I'm by no means an expert on this, but for people, for the church, when I'm talking to the church, for people that do not have a medical education, that's one thing that I want us to understand is that there are cases where it's very difficult to ascertain what is going on. The reason why I've been able to kind of process that is thinking about the Lord. He already understands mm. that. And that's why there's grace, right? Mm. That's why we claim there's redemption in, in the church for people that have gotten abortions mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. we, I'm like, the Lord is aware of, of these difficult person-by-person -person situations. And 
when I empathize, I try to think about if it was a family member, mm. you know, because we have personal experiences on both sides. But that's why I was trying to think through that um, from a medical standpoint. Mm. Financial standpoint, we know that in a country where there is no universal health care, pregnancies can range from like $4,000 to $15,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely financially, that can be a setback mm-hmm. for people. Um, but even if churches offer to pay for that or, you know, other organizations offer to pay for that, there still are emotional and physical repercussions that have to be accounted for. So whether that is um, postpartum depression, you know, a placental rupturing, hemorrhaging, you can't get the right treatment you need. Like, for example, if you have cancer and you're getting uh, chemotherapy, that chemotherapy is going to be affected by your pregnancy and by the baby. So it's just very important, I think, to consider some of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost want to even <clears throat> kind of pull back the conversation because, you know, when we, we talk about this, so almost like we assume that people know what this is. Like, what is an abortion? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess let's just describe that. Like, what is it? Because what is happening to the woman? What is happening to the baby? Right? Because I do want to like, get into the nuances of the financial side, how it affects certain communities, how um, it, it can affect just their whole livelihood. Mm-hmm. But I also like, but what is happening, right? And I actually, I'll, I'll introduce this for Brandon because <laughs> Brandon's here. Um, but you know, it's funny. Brandon actually created TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. That was actually pro-life TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna kind of, I'm not gonna talk for you. I want to boast in Brandon for a second. But Brandon made a pro-life TikTok, and the reason why I say that is, I think you had what seventy thousand followers or something around there. I'm totally gonna be off. Like he's like, he's like 120. I don't know, oh. 200. I don't. I get a lot of followers, mm-hmm. but he actually got banned, and just through just pro-life conversation, wow. and then as banned for a period of time, you got it back, mm-hmm. and they permanently banned you, right? Yeah. Um, can you actually, I'd love for you to kind of speak into that, just kind of provide some context. I think, mm. I think that's interesting, first of all, when it comes to speech, but you were just providing like, Hey, here's some stories, here's some arguments, here's some things to consider. And you got banned, not for being aggressive, not for being hateful. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, could you kind of shine some light on that just to kind of, I guess, speak into this overall picture? Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, th- I do think that that's, that is more of a free speech type sure. of a conversation, but I do think it's important in the sense that, um, so my mission with that particular, I know he's, he's seen some of my goofier other, <laughs> other social media accounts, but this one was actually serious and like from the heart. And I was like making like real, you know, arguments and, and examples. And I was like, actually like, um, having conversations with people across the aisle, like doing like live streams and just like hearing people. And then also like featuring, um, women who had either had an abortion or were thinking about it or whose parents didn't have it. And just trying to like, actually once i got a following kind of like why am i the one why is this dude doing all the talking why don't i kind of point the the light that i have a, you know collected towards some other voices and other people so it became a cool way of kind of platforming different people's stories who otherwise would have basically had no listenership but i would allow someone to tell their personal experience and you know let that speak for itself um and i just determined with that particular project to not lean on the graphic imagery that a lot of times is used. I just wanted to use stories of real people Mm -hmm. and language and just reason, you know, just to, to make a a case, which basically comes down to, um, that, you know, a living human being exists in the womb with all of the rights that are given to it by God. Like that's, that's the, basic claim that I feel like everything else Mm. kind of flows from. But I feel like every time that like two people are able to agree on that premise, then all of those other conversations, which are by no means unimportant, um, they, they, 
go a lot better. Like it, be, it becomes a lot, a lot less like divisive and hostile when you're like, mm. okay, we can like, like if, if we can agree that there's like, that there's value mm. to the life that exists in the womb and that like, you know, going to the biblical perspective for a second, like when David says like you knit me and formed me in my mother's womb, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or when, you know, um, John the Baptist and Jesus, you know, <laughs> see each other, like experience each other's presence, you know, through like their moms. through their moms, <laughs> like, yeah. but they, they have their own experience and the Holy Spirit's involved with that, like in the womb, you know, so, and there's, there's more biblical examples and scientific examples of this and that, but like, that was basically like my main ax to grind with that mm-hmm. particular account was just yeah. like, there's value to a human being no matter how small mm. or undeveloped like 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 the rights that are given to people by god don't begin at first breath they begin at you know at the creation of that individual which is crazy because it actually happens on day one like mm. at the very beginning of the zygote being created sperm and egg you have the creation of a unique DNA that mm-hmm. doesn't belong to the mother or the father. Hair color is determined. Eye color is determined. Gender is determined. And like a hundred other traits that say that is a one of a kind human. Like no one else has that individual DNA and those individual traits. Like that is something has begun. A lifespan has begun. And if there isn't an external force, that comes and ends that lifespan that will continue forward it was kind of my main argument like the two cells will become four eight sixteen thirty two and that person will go on to presumably get married and have a family and have an education and have all of the breadth of the human experience like unless an external force you know through abortion basically terminates that lifespan it will continue so that that's basically like i just want to frame that up for like my axe to grind in this conversation is mm-hmm. totally just about that. And I, I feel like God has placed that on my heart. Like you need to be a voice for those who don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And um and basically like don't be like basically like be bold and courageous and like don't be afraid to like call a spade a spade when it comes to that particular facet of the conversation, which is only one facet of the conversation because like you said there's medical and there's social and there's financial and there's all these other facets of the conversation but Mm -hmm. i do feel like if a conversation can begin with agreement around the idea that there is val there is the same value on a human life regardless of its level of development or its Mm -hmm. location then it's like then I really feel like anybody can like stand shoulder to shoulder and be like, okay, so we're not going to compromise on that. And the solution to the problem isn't going to be terminating this innocent person, but how can we actually address all the other stuff that I think is where your heart is mm-hmm. really focused on, like all these other implications of, okay, so if we're not going to do that, where then do we go and like mm-hmm. face these real serious other problems, you know? hundred mm-hmm. percent. So that's, that's like my, I guess, brief that's my heart on this topic basically yeah. and like why i care about it absolutely i mean there's so much there right because i think in some ways we want to find like first of all i almost want to know like what do we agree upon like first mm. I, we never really clarify like you know it's not because phil has necessarily a completely different take it's just saying i know you processed friday differently than i process or maybe brandon mm. or others and it's weird because people i know and love were very torn apart and sad 
about Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart, my experience is like, wow, God, I cannot believe actually this happened. And like a, I feel like this was years of prayer to, to overturn this. That's how I feel. Right. You know, I think I've shared briefly, but, and this was on a different podcast that we've filmed that's not even out, but it doesn't matter. But my mom, you know, my grandma went to abort my mom in 1960 when mm-hmm. it was illegal. And she went to meet with a medical doctor and it wasn't, again, it wasn't a legal thing. It was kind of one of those like back alley. This is a little bit sketchy. I don't know if I, I don't know if I should be doing this. She got there, she saw the tools, she saw the equipment, and she thought, I, I can't go through with this. I'm just gonna give this baby up for adoption. And I am very thankful, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would not be here. My son Micah, Kinsley, Wyatt, Mike, future generations. I mean, I'm very thankful she did that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think there is sometimes this argument of, well, they're gonna go get it anyways. At least let's do it. Let's just let's just provide a safe place for the abortion. Well, actually, not necessarily, at least in this case. I'm just trying to say, I think there's other alternatives we must consider. So I think all of us are very emotionally involved in this, mm. you know, right. from having a channel developed to this, to your personal experiences, your friend group, your community, everything you're mentioning, your medical experience. Like for me, my knowing my grandmother, my grandmother's story to my mom's story, mm-hmm. this is very personal to me, you know, but at the same time, we're trying to kind of step back because we got to ask the question, like, what is an abortion? And is this a medical thing? Like, is this a, it's, it's a yes, it's definitely there's an element of that. But is this a moral thing, an ethical thing, a philosophical thing, a theological? Like, is it all of that? What takes primary importance? You know, how do we step back and say, what do we agree upon? Well, well, what I was going to say is, and not not to cut you off, but but I think that, well, first of all, I think that we're all such nice people (laughs) that I almost feel like we're going to have a hard time getting to if we do disagree on something, like, where is that? But I also think that that is almost a good way of framing up the conversation is like, because I have actually never heard other than like what you just said, like where, like your perspective on this. Mm-hmm. So um, is there anything that I said that you disagree with? Or I, I kind of feel like yeah. we should aim at where do we disagree? Cause I think right. where we agree is a lot. I, 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 I'm sensing that might be the case, but. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah. I'll jump right in. I think um, definitely the crux of the problem mm-hmm. lies with not necessarily, at least for me personally, it doesn't lie with what do we determine to be a human being? Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that, that that unique genetic code um, can make it a human being. I think for me, what I wrestled with is how do I determine whose life is more valuable? Mm-hmm. I'm not the one to determine that. And I think for a lot of people in the United States, when they are looking at taking care of who is here, right? I feel like so many people want to take care of this country before we go take care of others. Well, if by that same logic, I'm like, let's take care of the people that are here before we go ahead and take care of others. So that for me is why I wrestled with that. And that's like a whole philosophical argument sure. in itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I do hear you and I don't disagree necessarily on what we determine to be a human being. No, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna say like, like babies are being murdered. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the case, if you're asking me, am I gonna save my future wife or my, my child? Everybody feels differently, but I'm gonna save my, my wife in, in the hopes that we could create another child, even with that child being lost. And and I think one last thing I'll say as well is for me, where I disagree or where, where it was hard for me Mm -hmm. to reason through is like acting like this isn't the first time that Mm -hmm. babies have been killed. I mean, even in the Bible, like where, um, firstborns were slayed in Egypt and when the plague happened, um, and they were wiped out Mm -hmm. if there wasn't blood on the door Mm -hmm. during Passover, like that was something that you know, I had to really think about it. And I was like, that's interesting. You know, the Lord asked Abraham to go sacrifice his son, Isaac. Mm. Did he, did Abraham have Isaac's consent or permission to do that? If babies had those rights, you know, did Isaac give his dad permission to, Hey, you can go take me up on the mountain and kill me. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm genuinely like asking. Um, so those were some of the conversations as a believer mm. that I was like, man, this is, this is challenging. 
mm-hmm. um, because the Lord sacrificed his son mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So, and that those are the cases that we're talking about, sacrifice, mm-hmm. where for the mother to survive. I, I'm definitely not pro-murdering babies just because I can't have a baby right now, you know, or it's not convenient for me. Like that breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot assumed in those kind of theological claims, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're, we're assuming that Jesus didn't willingly give his life, which he did. Right. No man takes my life, I lay down my life. Like there's a lot obviously in that that we could unpack. I think I, you know, I wanna, in what we are trying to figure out, so like you would say life does begin at conception. Right. So that's when, that's life. Okay, that's, I think that's very important to establish, right? Because mm-hmm. when does life begin? I think it's interesting that in Eastern cultures, the day you're born, you're actually considered one years old. Like in many, many Eastern countries, you're born and you're already one years old, right? We don't do that here. But I think that there's, is there value in the East? Should we consider some of the things? Because they're saying life has already been happening. You're one years old the day you're born. You know, the day you turn one for America, they're, they're two. You know, because they're saying, hey, this is a life. Um, now I think it's just worth kind of exploring some of those concepts because there's all these little weird scenarios where if a mom, you know, is killed by a drunk driver and she's pregnant, it's murder for two, right? This guy killed two people, not one. And I think there's certain parts of our law where we acknowledge it being two, and there's certain parts where we don't. <clears throat> and then I would say it doesn't really matter what the law says, mm-hmm. right? Just if the law says this is legal or illegal, it doesn't necessarily mean it's moral or immoral. Like it doesn't mean that, right? Right. The, so there's some there's bigger questions we have to stand back. Whether this is legal or illegal, there's it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like we have to know, like is this life and is this ending a life? Is there a heartbeat? Is what is abortion? Abortion is ending a heartbeat. Right. And there's other ways to define that, but I just think that is a way. There's a heartbeat, a human heartbeat that is now ended mm-hmm. and over. And I think the idea, is it sacrificial? I don't, or is it meant to save the mom? Like that, let's get into that. Cause I don't know if it's, I don't know if abortion is for that reason. I don't, that could be a small percentage. Right. Well, I think, I think that's really, I think that that's, this is great. This is a really good direction for the conversation to go because I think that basically we're, we're all in agreement like about uh, let's say I think it's 97% of the time we're basically in agreement. If you take the instance of a mother's life being at risk, plus the rape or incest situation, plus the situation where the person is a minor mm-hmm. and you add up all of those. Yeah. But what if, yeah, but what if and you, if you add up all of the, yeah, but what ifs it's, it's less than 3% and it might even be less than that, but to be really generous towards those situations, mm-hmm. they constitute less than 3% of all abortions. So we basically, I mean, I think that we basically agree on 97% of the time where it's like, and, and there's a spe- I want to be clear on this too. Like there is a spectrum. Like some of the people who I would talk to on TikTok <laughs> would, I mean, I, I, and this is almost too graphic, but I do, I do want to say this. They would hold out their fetus and their hand and squish it and put it in the trash mm-hmm. as a, as like a rebellious act of I can do whatever I want. Like stay away from me. Mm-hmm. I saw another girl feed her fetus to her cat. You know, so there, there is on that extreme a mentality that's mm-hmm. so, in my opinion, just so wrong and so demonic on the extreme of mm-hmm. that. But then I also think that and I actually I have never met someone who would make this argument. But if there is a person who would elevate the value of the baby in the womb above the mother, I also think that there's not any case to make that. And I would never make that case. Just to be mm-hmm. clear, I would never say it's it's younger or it has younger cells or so it's more valuable than the mother. I would never say that. I would say exactly what you said. Like at that point, the mother and the husband should be making that decision together about if one is going to live or the other dies. It's like, are you going to 
are, are the mother and father going to choose to sacrifice her life so that the baby would live? That's an option or no. And then you can go, like you said, and create another baby. But that's that's more of a, an actual ethical dilemma. But I want to be really clear. E- all humans have equal value. That's like my main mantra. Like mm-hmm. all humans have equal value. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a situation where two of any category of humans are both at risk, it's basically a 50-50 scenario. It's like an ethical dilemma. We can talk about it and philosophize about it all day long. And I, and I, and I think that that's an important conversation. But I just want to be like very crystal clear. I, I would never say that the mother is morally obligated to die so that the baby can live because that would assume that I believe the baby's more valuable. Right. It, I, yeah, good. I, I do want to jump in just about um because you are correct that that 97% number, I would agree with that number. Like that's the truth from the cases of rape incest. It is about 3% or less mm-hmm. when that's happening. However, to that point, I did want to mention that you know, there's one thing like in this room, there's we're three men hmm. and there's not a woman here. And and a woman knows what the risk of pregnancy is. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if a woman doesn't want to walk through a detrimental process like pregnancy, where it's not guaranteed, where women are still dying in 2022 with complications from pregnancy, I don't want to sit here and be like, I don't understand that because as a man, I haven't walked through that. You know, it's funny. I actually wanted to point that out because obviously this is a weird taboo. Here's three men talking about this this topic. And it's a taboo for our culture because we, you know, we act like this is a conversation only for women, mm. which I also, I, I really, I really struggle with that. One, we're saying that truth is limited to a gender, which is like, is there objective truth to this? Is this life or not life? I'll just say I struggle with some of these arguments in a lot of ways. I think that's a sexist argument. I'm just saying, talking when I hear it primarily. Mm-hmm. You're assuming that there would never be a, a baby, obviously, without a man. There would never be. Right. I understand they're walking that process, but when men can't have a voice, I really, I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm just, I want to bring this as a, a talking point. Right. I really struggle with that because that sounds sexist. Mm-hmm. Also, I struggle with that because when you assume that men can't speak into it and we live in a really weird moment where what are men, what is a woman? And we're trying to figure that out. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, can men have uteruses? Some say yes. We don't. As soon as you say men can't talk about it, now that's a transphobic statement. And I just think this is a circular kind of thing. Like, I think some of the, I get frustrated because it becomes in then a sexist transphobic. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying that's how they, they should take their logical arguments to like these ends. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, men then should have an opinion on this. 100%. You know, and I'm, not, I'm not saying they yeah. can't. I'm just saying. No, that, I know. I know. I'm not saying you're, yeah. I'm just saying like, we hear these arguments like, you're not a man. You have no right to speak into this. I'm right. I'm more speaking like, man, if you really actually believe that, then you're also, again, you're, it's intolerant. It's sexist. It's trans. It's everything you're against. This is now what it has become. 100%. You know, so I'm not actually saying you have that mindset. And, and I also wanted to say, um, I, I completely acknowledge like the rebuttal, like the point that you made. And I, and I, I never, I feel like the tendency, the knee-jerk reaction of someone like on the pro-life side is always to kind of go to the data and say, yeah, that's a very small percentage of the time. Mm-hmm. And, there, and I think that doing so, even though I just didn't, I think it's important to, but I do always think that you kind of, Anytime you're throwing around numbers, you run the risk mm-hmm. of coming across very callous. Like mm-hmm. it's just three percent, but it's like yeah, it's like that's like a, that's still thousands of people who mm-hmm. actually have endured really crappy, horrible mm-hmm. situations, and they're having to like the point you're making, like walk through those things for nine months, and and then if they choose to give their baby up for adoption, like that's a whole other process. So like I by no means want to diminish the difficulty mm. particularly in those situations and just i don't want to wave my hand off and and just say statistics like that because i think right. that's very that's a very wrong attitude um towards it, it, it it's di- it's difficult when 
the exceptions are always used to argue the rule. And that's what, that's what causes me to trigger into my like left brain, right brain. That's what makes me want to go, yeah, but the data, but it's only 3% because it's like people will kind of always throw out those, yeah, but what ifs. Both sides don't that. Yeah. I know, right? right. And, and so, and then you end up coming across uncaring or uncompassionate when it's like, no, I, I, I genuinely can't imagine being raped and then having to carry the baby of that rapist for nine months. Like that, that is... That I, I literally cannot imagine that. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm sorry, like, because what you said is worth. I just want to. I respond that way, not to dismiss what you said. I think it's very valuable because I think this is a f- ironic taboo, right? Mm. We are three men talking about this, and I think cultures say you have no right to do that. And I, I do get sometimes frustrated by that because it's like, no, we, we need to give everyone a voice. Right. That's, there's a danger in just saying only half the population can speak into this because then you're also assuming truth is only relegated to one. What if we had one people group only held truth and this right. other people group never could? That to me is a very slippery slope. That's all I was trying to get at. Absolutely. So when you bring that up though, I think you're right. Like obviously we're not walking. I watched my wife walk through it three times and I've mm. never felt more helpless, right? right? I watched my wife go through all the growing pains of pregnancy and the delivery and I'm just kind of standing there going, good job, babe, you're doing great. Right. And you feel so like foolish in some ways. And, Go ahead. And this is where we get somewhere. Like now I'm really excited where, where the conversation's going because I feel like by acknowledging where you're at and you guys acknowledging where I'm at and w- us doing that with women, that's why this conversation is valuable. And that's why I wanted to even speak up and feel this way is I want women to know, hey, like just validate you in that. Even if I don't agree with that like hey i i see you mm-hmm. and i don't want to dismiss that like mm-hmm. i hate to put it this way but i a woman is not an easy bake oven to just pump out these babies mm-hmm. because i yeah just put them up for adoption put them up for adoption like i wouldn't want somebody telling me mm-hmm. just put it up for adoption go through nine months mm-hmm. of mood swings and hormone changes and, and my body's changing mm-hmm. and so many things just so somebody else feels better with their opinion mm-hmm. like that's that's difficult it's really tough you are right i i can't get away I can't get away from this is a human life. Mm. Like we are fed so much. Like, so let's be honest right now, any, any magazine or any news article coming to our phone, there's not one pro-life argument in that. Right. So we're constantly being fed one, only one side of the argument. So I, I hear that. And I, but my, there's a part of me that goes, man, but it, un, unjust things happen are still unjust things happening. And if there are truly, you know, babies being vacuumed and cut boarded out of the mother's womb mm-hmm. and there's been 65 million in 50 years this is a genocide happening in our generation and we have to speak into it i don't want to diminish the woman's feelings but we can't overlook and say murder is happening i do believe it's murder i do believe it's innocent blood being shed mm-hmm. and like so I, I think like there has to be we have to establish something because i don't i'm not going to settle with this as a clump of cells i'm not right. I, I do think it's like develop developmentism in a sense where it's like do you have more value because you're less developed does my daughter who's three have less value because she's not thinking like a 10 year old or the 10 year old less value than the 17 year old or the 17 year old less but so what about the six month old in the womb just because they're not further development they have less value i think there's some things we really got to consider because that is such a slippery slope to me i'm not saying you believe that but i'm saying if we if we don't acknowledge like is there truth in this conversation right Right. like there's a there's a side of this where we have to acknowledge and the church probably has not been the best at empathizing with the mom. Mm. I, I don't want to deny any of that. But at the same time, there's this moment where it's like, it doesn't doesn't justify that babies are being slaughtered. And 100%. And, and I want to jump in here because what you said there is why I wrestled this week. Yeah. And it's why the Lord worked in my heart to walk in repentance mm. and why I feel differently. Mm. Why I, I still 
you know, I know we were here to disagree. You're not here to disagree, no. but I mean, here to like raise other points. Yes. But why I, I want to speak to why I'm now changing to pro-life mm. because the Lord is working in my heart and it says, hey, do you believe that I am Lord? If you believe that I am Lord, then everything you believe about our own bodies changes. Because if I'm not a believer, mm-hmm. my body, I don't answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when I can walk and do, you cannot tell me what to do with my own body. But here, I love Jesus. I claim I love Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and I serve him. He is sovereign. And that's when my heart broke and realized what you're saying, that babies are dying and, and it is a genocide. And my heart, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel right. Mm-hmm. Because I knew something's wrong, even though the reality is blood's being shed, period, on both sides. Whether abortion's banned, because people are going to get unsafe abortions and die. If we have abortions, the unborn are dying. So people are dying regardless, and that is very unfortunate. Mm. But if I truly believe Jesus is sovereign, if God is sovereign, Mm -hmm. I have to accept that he understands that. and, And he knows that. And for me, that's when I had to really, okay, even now I know why I'm changing. And honestly, I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't research. I looked up arguments for pro-choice for Christians and they were lacking. Mm. And it, and it, and it honestly, it made me very sad mm. because I said, man, like something that I wanted to believe in with the culture mm-hmm. while following Jesus is just mm. not there. Mm. And, and I said, Lord, thank you that you're doing a work in my heart. You're changing my mind. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I got saved when I was 13 mm. or rededicated my life when I was mm-hmm. 13 to Christ. And I'm still being formed at 25 years old my mind is wrestling with this. So how, if somebody's gonna accept Jesus, if we're gonna share the gospel to somebody, I just witnessed to somebody two mm-hmm. weeks ago mm-hmm. in my dental school program. A lot of people that feel strongly about mm-hmm. this have not speak, spoken to somebody else about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we have to look at is when is the last time we've shared the gospel? Mm-hmm. Because the reason why I feel this way is because I meet people where they're at. I try to do with Jesus meeting the woman at the well and, and come as you are. And come as you are means regardless of how you feel about abortion, can we just recognize that we are sinful? We need Jesus. Mm. We mm. need Jesus. And if we can agree on that, then we can move towards being formed to this mindset where I'm now understanding why babies are being murdered. Dude, that is so powerful. <laughs> That's so like, like th- this, this, this is seriously making me realize that like, and this is like so, so cliche, but like genuinely like Jesus, the unity that comes through relationship with Jesus through his people, through the body of Christ is literally impossible to be gotten in any other capacity. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's because his spirit is inside of all of us that it, like you said, like, and, and I'm this saying, this is like assuming the like, oh yeah, I'm right. And you're like becoming right. And that, that sounds mm-hmm. arrogant, but it could be pick any issue. But the idea mm-hmm. is that like, it's more like, a, it's like Jesus is at the center of this circle and he's pulling all people towards mm-hmm. that truth and you might start over there and you might start over there you might have started there but we're all coming toward the center of that circle where he is Mm -hmm. because he is the truth and he through his spirit will like just make you know work take us through uncomfortable processes of thought and transformation and like and genuinely like what i was describing a second ago as well of like not just being this like data head person Mm -hmm. and like genuinely actually like empathizing with that three percent mm-hmm. that that has definitely been a, a process that i've like very much been convicted about mm-hmm. and 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 like n- not to not to um this is a weird meta turn of phrase in the light of this conversation but not throw out the baby with the bathwater. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like um 
So I, basically all that to say, I have mad respect for anybody mm-hmm. who rethinks anything. Everyone is so dogmatic nowadays and no one, it feels like it's impossible for anybody to ever like change their mind or, or have enough of a sensitivity to like actually course correct. And like mm-hmm. myself included, like just human nature doesn't want to mm-hmm. ever do that. And so I have mad respect, bro, for like, mm-hmm. for your willingness to not only actually step back and like pray through those things. And like, like you said, have like that kind of posture of repentance but to like even um articulate that mm-hmm. and be like brave enough to be like yeah like i'm thinking through some stuff like yeah. nobody does that yeah. like so I, I just have mad respect for that man i, I do but, i mean that. how you worded that was so beautiful because there's there comes a point in time where we come to jesus and say jesus it's not what i want to think about any top fill in the topic fill right. in the subject like what do you say and i i do like we i really truly strongly believe honestly we can't run away from this is an image bearer of God and this mother. And she has the privilege to grow this in her body. Now it might not be viewed as a privilege to many of the women, but this is an image bearer of God. And we cannot just snuff that out as, as flippantly as we have been. Mm. We've been doing it so easily. I mean, some, the examples you gave, Brandon, of a woman maybe crushing her, like, that is like one end of the spectrum. But as flippant as it has been, as like, we've been so callous towards it. That's honestly what's broken my heart in this process is like, we're talking about it like a clump of cells. Like when we're, we, language matters and how we speak of it matters. And mm. I, I even think the reason why we call it a fetus is to get away from this idea that no, this is a baby, that this own DNA, its own heartbeat, its own brain wavelengths. Like I think we use certain words to try to kind of dehumanize it, right. you know? And I think we just, that's why I want to call it a baby because I just, I look at this as like, we got to humanize this again. Right. But anyway, so I, I, what you said is so beautiful to me. However, I think there's a side of it where like, God, we're, in this conversation, like, what do I need to repent of? Mm. I do think like there's a side of it where the church again has been like, how could a mother ever do this? And I get that question. How could you? But then you and you go, oh my gosh, but what has she been told her whole life? And she's been, ju- this has been justifiable to her. Mm. This has actually been a righteous thing to her because maybe you're doing a benefit to yourself, your family, the population. You're not burdening, you know, the government. You're not burdening. Like, maybe this is like a, a now like a, a righteous thing to have an abortion. Now, I truly think that that is a, a form of brainwash. And I think we've convinced people to do some pretty heinous things throughout history. I think right. this will truly be one of them. Like we will look back and go, how did, we always ask this about every culture and civilization, how did so many people fall for the party of Nazism? How did so many people fall into that? We always go, how did they do that? I would never do that. But I think that we do that still today in different ways. How do so many people participate, I think in modern day genocide, how? Mm-hmm. We've honestly, we moralized it. We made it a good thing, a righteous thing. I'm only bringing this up to say, I think there's that side where I can't just view her as an enemy. I view her as a victim of kind of the intellectual moment we're in. I view her a victim of the ideologies we're perpetuating. Mm-hmm. Like she's a victim of war in some ways. So I, I, my point is like, I need to have more compassion. She's, right. I don't need to demonize her. Yeah. I need to have compassion on her. 100%. So I, I absolutely agree with that. You're, you're right. And I think that as you said that, it made me realize, you know, one of the reasons why we dehumanize babies or why these women are dehumanizing baby and women, men, whoever yes, is whoever. pro-choice, yeah. whoever is believing that, um, they feel that way because the church, when I look at how welcoming we have been to that instead of like oh my word like you decide to get an abortion like like come to G- like come to us like come to the lord and we'll work through that mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and st- if we did that it would radically mm-hmm. change the mm-hmm. way people view mm-hmm. the church and radically change the way people view mm-hmm. this decision mm-hmm. i feel like when people feel so cut off we get callous to it because we feel not heard mm-hmm. i mean you think about when you fight with your wife or you fight with your parents we get callous. We say hurtful mm. things when we feel hurt or not yes, heard. You're totally right. And that is what wow. is happening. Mm-hmm. For so long, people that are pro-choice have not felt heard. 
So we are, you even have doctors, physicians, I can find anything to justify why mm -hmm. pro-choice. And that's what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. if the Lord, if you don't agree on that, mm -hmm. it's so easy, I feel like, to find arguments for being right. pro-choice, unfortunately. And yeah. that's when I realized, like, okay, for any Christian struggling with this, I want to encourage you, like, tap in to the Lord wrestling mm -hmm. with your heart. Mm -hmm. Tap into that. Mm -hmm. Because if we truly believe that we say he's Lord, and I want to read this verse um, really quickly. This is what helped me come around to really rethinking my um my stance hmm. and it's romans 10 3 and 4 and it says for they being ignorant of god's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of god for christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes that is what made me be like jesus I, did you just change my whole mind just Whoa. now because Reading that, I said, I only feel this way because the, the enemy is literally manipulating my ability to empathize. Wow. He is manipulating my ability to care for others because the reality is this is not something that I deal with personally. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend and I are both virgins. We're not having sex until marriage mm -hmm. because we agree that's God's way. Mm -hmm. Everything that we talked mm -hmm. about earlier, why I said what I said is for other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because I believed I was justified in that mm -hmm. because I was thinking of others. But then the Lord wrecked me. He said, is that your righteousness or my righteousness? Wow. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, man, that's, that is my wow. righteousness, that I, and that's wrong. Mm -hmm. That is being ignorant of God's righteousness, and that is where I agree now with what you guys are saying, where the Lord knit me together in his womb. Mm -hmm. And if I've learned anything while studying is that the body is so complex that mm -hmm. it points to mm -hmm. evidence of an intelligent designer. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just at any moment, the fact that we are here is a miracle in itself. <laughs> Childbirth is a miracle. Um, and that is why I believe there's someone out there, God, mm -hmm. that is creating us so we can even have minds to have this conversation. Goodness, man. I, I feel like we should, I, I almost like I'm going to go, you could end with that because it's so powerful, but we have so much to talk about still, but that is mm -hmm. so beautiful. You have thoughts. I have thoughts. I just love it, man. I, I just like, I, I basically already said this, but I, I, again, I just, I, I have something else I want to say, but I just think that, that your your relationship to God is so evident in mm -hmm. that you actually let him um, speak to you even when it's something that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that means that it's real and that's, mm -hmm. and that's epic. Um, and it's also giving me this insight into like this, this whole conversation. It really comes down to, I think like a revelation of the humanity of, mm -hmm. of what is in the womb, because once that piece is in place, mm -hmm. it's like you wouldn't make no, nobody would make arguments if it was talking about a two-year-old because everyone knows that the two-year-old like shouldn't be like, you would like no one would ever make the arguments that are made for a one or two-year-old mm -hmm. so it's really about a revelation of the humanity mm -hmm. and um and it, and it it totally goes back to it has to go back to god in the bible and that idea of like like we're in his image and the value that we have as imagers is immense and like every that like every person is created by god not just as a number but like yes. specifically like yes. there's only one phil mm -hmm. josiah and brandon and mm -hmm. like the like the essence of uh of us just using us as an example here but the essence of who we are as individuals one of a kind humans was created at the beginning of our lifespan mm -hmm. like that's a crazy mm -hmm. a crazy thing like um and but I, so basically all that to say like i i really feel like and you've like really solidified this in my mind like it's it's about what is humanity mm -hmm. according to god mm -hmm. what value does humanity have according to, mm -hmm. to god 
when does humanity begin to have that value according to God? And like, once those pieces are in place, it's like, it, it really, it really does change the conversation in the sense that again, you wouldn't like a lot of these arguments wouldn't be made about a three, a two, three or four or five year old. Mm -hmm. And I think I, basically, basically my thing is this, like, I really, I genuinely feel like it's two different conversations. It's mm -hmm. like, I feel like we are all agreeing on that. And then I feel like the only reason that this is such a hot button issue is number one, if people don't want to agree on that, um, it creates like then a lot of like ripple effects into other conversations. But yeah. but at the same time, I'm thinking I feel like people are so resistant to conceding that point, even mm -hmm. though I do think it's obviously true. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason that people are so resistant is because then they feel like, no, I'm also giving up all of these other things that mm -hmm. are simultaneously pulling out my compassion like the mm. things that we're talking about and i don't want to just throw out give the cart with the horse and if i concede the humanity then that means that these women have to go through these horrible situations and that means that they're going to die and like and you bring out and people i think feel like that people feel a resistance to what i do think god has convicted has in the conscience um is convicting people of the humanity of the baby in the womb but i i'm trying to make the point i I actually, something about what you said is giving me an insight, I think, into it makes sense why you wouldn't want to concede that point if you felt like you had to give up all of these other issues that are real. And so I think as a, I, I, so basically conversation one is the humanity conversation. Right. Conversation two is, okay, so the, we, like, we can't have this get out of jail free card with these bad situations of kill the baby. Like that can't be the option. Like you wouldn't do that with a one or a two year old. But how do we deal with these other situations that are also totally legitimate, totally, um, in, in other words, the conversation doesn't end where you're like, mm -hmm. like, okay, so you've got to keep the baby now and you've conceded its humanity. So wrap it up and put a bow on top. It's mm -hmm. like, whoa, let's, we, we've gotten from A to B. Now let's actually look at these things and take them serious and, and try to actually solve all these problems, but where the killing of the baby is never baked into the equation but let's not throw out the baby you know let's not conflate two different conversations is mm -hmm. how i view i feel like it's genuinely two different conversations and, and i think we got to pick up to what you described because like you are dealing with in a medical realm dealing with classmates or fellow students you're trying to go how do you this is not gonna we're not gonna start the conversation is what is your take on abortion mm -hmm. and then come to know jesus right. like that is not and but sometimes it can be perceived that way mm -hmm. or maybe the church is louder in our uh, louder in our voice on these topics than louder than our voice on Jesus Christ and him crucified and resurrected and glorified. Like, meaning if we could just be like, like you, what you said, who is Jesus? Who is he? Is he Lord? Is he just another common guy? Another, like, who is he? And if he is Lord, if you come to that realization, like what he did, what he claimed, the evidence around the resurrection, I believe everything he said and did, I believe that happened. I believe that he's Lord. I believe that he's the resurrection life. If I die and I believe in him, even though one day I die, I will live again. Like if you can believe that, like then comes a sanctification process where we get to these topics. Cause like, but sometimes maybe the church is leading too loudly, mm. you know, and, and this, but here's the thing, like it doesn't mean we can't not speak on it, right. but we should be speaking louder the gospel right? Like the gospel should be demonstrated and seen and heard in our lives in a very clear way where it's like, wow, they love, they love the oppressed, the broken heart. They, they really do. And they're telling me it's all rooted in who Jesus is and what he did. So that's clearly seen. I don't know if the gospel is being clearly seen. Mm. So then when we get loud about abortion, it's like, well, you're really loud about that. And it sounds like that's more important. And we're saying, now listen, that's incredibly important to me. 
obviously if we can keep people living, let's keep people living. Right. So that's incredibly important to me, but we got to be very loud about the gospel. 100%. And so in, in your, you're looking at it like in my sphere and where I'm at, I need people to know who Jesus is before they know my opinion on this topic. Hundred percent. You know, and this again doesn't, but that it's not a way to silence you and not speak into it. Mm -hmm. But it's a way to say, let me tell you about an innocent man who shed his blood right. for us. Let me tell you about the greatest sacrifice, the greatest one. No, blood does not have to be shed anymore because his blood was shed. Mm. You know, like we got to find a way to preach the gospel on this. We got to find a way to say before we get into this idea of innocent blood being shed or however you want to view it before we get into this can we just talk about the person who shed his blood? like i just think there has to be a way we we get to the gospel like lead with the gospel lead with it yes um because my hope is like i'm not here to convince you to take my stance on abortion first and foremost. like my say who is jesus do you believe in him do you trust in him do you rest in him is he lord of your life okay now let's work out every other issue and topic in life and let's do that amongst a community of people that can challenge you and love you mm -hmm. and i feel like the church do we reflect both yeah. Are we loving and supporting people and are we challenging? And sometimes churches only challenge they don't love or they only love and they don't challenge. We need to represent both. Like, how do yes. I show love and challenge? You know, um, and I think that's what you're recognizing. Like where you're at is like, I need to make sure in this conversation, Jesus is not lost and his heart for you, for you, the mom yes. is not lost. And that's what's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And obviously if the, like we want to, we want them to know the value of life. Sure, of course we do. We're going to speak up into that. But we want them to know like you have value in your life yes. and you don't have to, end this life to find value in yours. Like ending this life won't make your life more meaningful. There is, I think, a lie amongst, amongst enemy. It's like, maybe you need to end this life so you can live your life. Maybe you need to end this life because then you can truly have happiness. And how many moms think like this baby's a parasite or inconvenience? They describe it in that way. It's mm -hmm. sucking the life out of you. It's a It's basically a modern day parasite. Literally, you see that being chanted on the streets. And it's like, so just end this and then you can find your life. And I think Jesus says, no, lose your life. Mm -hmm. Lose your life so you can find it. Like, isn't the gospel this idea of like, it's going to be the hard path to find your life. Right. Usually giving into everything you want will lead you to be a miserable wreck. Like, it's not the idea of like, let me just do whatever I want. I, I don't want this, so I'm going to end it. Actually, what if we were to like preach the gospel? It's like maybe giving into your initial desire of what you want will actually lead you down a self-destructive path, path of you serving the God of you. And yeah. you're not going to be a good God. Absolutely. Sorry, I, I, I just, I just think we gotta find a way to tie the gospel in. Yeah, no, that's we have to because that is where it starts, and I, and I think that the gospel, the same energy to speak the gospel, has to come even after they make they get abortions. Yes, the same energy has to come. Yeah, because whether obviously that is the hope that they wouldn't they would find value in their life and that God died for them and that there's like the revelation of humanity peace that you said like that is huge. I that is what I desire for. Mm -hmm my future kids for, for anyone mm -hmm. that I speak to. But I do want any woman or any man to know, any whoever's out there to know that you make that decision tomorrow, like Jesus still loves you. Yes. And yes. he still died for you yes. knowing that you may make that decision. So you can make that decision, you know, if you believe it is your body, but just know that there is reckless love that loves you mm -hmm. regardless of the decision that you make. Mm -hmm. It's not, we say it's unconditional. Mm -hmm. That means it's unconditional mm -hmm. even if you get an abortion. Yes, it is. And, and that mindset, I feel like is what wrecks hearts. That's what wrecked mine. Yeah. So that, that, that's, and, yeah. You're absolutely right. Like there, ne there needs to be this sense of, it's not hopeless. It's not God has now thrown you away because you threw a life. It's not like, sometimes I do think we're maybe known for chanting outside of an abortion clinic rather than being inside, holding their hand, right. talking them through it, saying there's other alternatives. Like we're more like yelling from the street than like walking with someone. Yes. So I, I think that can be absolutely, and the, the gospel is so beautiful that way, right? Like any anyone, come to me. Paul's like, I was the cheapest of sinners or I am the cheapest of sinners. Like it doesn't matter what you feel like that shape, like there's room obviously for you.
And we hope the gospel transforms your heart in a way where you say, I don't need to do this to feel happiness. I don't need to do this to find my meaning in life because mm. I found that in Christ. And there's a side of it where when you experience the gospel, I think what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 to me summarizes a lot of this argument, but Paul says, you have been bought at a price. Therefore mm. glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his. That to me is so beautiful. Your body and your spirit, my body, no, his, which are his. That is his, you were bought, you were redeemed by the blood and body of Jesus. Okay. So your body is now his. Like it doesn't belong to just mine. It's not me, Josiah. This mm -hmm. is like his vessel. Here I am, Lord, send me. My body's not mine, it's yours. Absolutely. And I think there's a side of it where in the gospel, when the gospel grabs hold of your heart and you realize, wait, I don't give my body to God. First, he gave his body for me. Mm -hmm. Like that came first. Like he led the, he did it, he showed it. So now I get to be a part of it and do it. He didn't give my body back to him and say, not my will, but your will. Mm. And I think it needs to lead with the gospel. Absolutely. I do have a question for you guys. <laughs> uh, would love both of you guys to speak into this because when I talked to a few other Christians that were wrestling with this, this was something that came up and I thought that is so interesting. I'm going to ask you guys this. And it was, um, you know, I know we have to get context of the verse, but Jesus does mention, I think it's in John. He mentions that his kingdom is not of this world. And when you, when I first initially heard that and God give us, gives us free will and that's why we have, you know, there's sin here, mm -hmm. but to what extent do we push, you know, for, for his kingdom to be here on earth? And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. we're all in agreement with what the church should do, sure. right? We all just agreed on that where we're at. But when I'm, we're talking about maybe people who don't believe they are his mm -hmm. from the verses or they don't believe, you know, they don't want anything to do with that. How do we speak to them in in that context? I, I have a thought. I didn't even ask the question no. the best way. But you no, I, I, please, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. I, I think how I would distinguish this is when it comes to personal um, personal morality, I, I tend to lean more libertarian, meaning I don't think that we should just take like the Torah and legislate it mm -hmm. to all, all Americans who might not even believe in the Bible where it's like, if you do that, or even, or even the New Testament, like everyone has to follow the way of Jesus by law, whether you believe in Jesus or not, yeah. everyone has to do this by law. And it's illegal to not do that. I, I don't, I don't think that that is the right approach. I don't think that that's the approach that Jesus took. Yes. I think that's what the Jew, the Jews were expecting him to be like. They were mm -hmm. expecting a king to come yeah. and and do the top down thing, and he didn't. He did the bottom up thing, the inside out thing. He, you know, he spiritually transformed people's hearts, and then their behaviors. They chose to begin to follow the way of his kingdom, but he mm -hmm. never imposed that on someone else. So it, when it comes to personal ethics that's that's my viewpoint but when it comes to things that affect other people um for example like slavery you know mm -hmm. it's like the abolitionists are right like you can't be silent when you see yes that type of situation happening and it's like you you basically take your christian understanding of again humanity it's, it's the same thing it's a revelation of the value of all humanity human like God created people distinct from the rest of the creation, gave his image inside of us, regardless of what category of human we are, we're his. Like we're the only thing in the whole cosmos that that he will make a bride out of and that he will call his beloved. Like it's like the value of humanity is crazy because it's what God has given to us. And I think that that was what, you know, the abolitionists saw. They're like, what you, like this 
kind of person is exactly the same as this kind of person. This is insane that we're creating a different category and dehumanizing the one to benefit the other. That is so wrong. And the reason that they knew it was wrong, the abolitionists were Christians primarily. Like mm-hmm. the, the the fuel that ended the slave trade was a gospel fuel. It really yes. was. Like yes. it, it was it was a it it was a it was those people looking at their Bible and being like, how do we get this wrong? How do we write a constitution that says that all men are created equal, but not consider some people all men? Like, how dumb can you be to miss that, you know, that giant blind spot right in the focal point of everyone, of an entire culture's vision. Yeah. But it was Christians who said, y'all, this is a blind spot. Like, how do you not see that the, the, the biblical understanding of humanity applies to the constitution that we all just wrote and all men are created equal? Yeah, literally all men, you know? And, and so to me, that's an example. And there's other ones too. I mean, you could look at sure. something like the Holocaust. You could look at um, the way that women are treated in Islamic countries. You can look at a lot of different instances where you see one type of person being dehumanized and then um, abused, neglected, or even eliminated by a, another type of person. And so mm-hmm. in those situations, I would call those justice issues. Yeah. That is where I do think that we're called as Christians to to really fight for justice. And, yeah. it, and, and it's not, again, like my main thing is I'm just like trying to change the law and even voting a certain way. But it's like it's an, it's an attitude that I think the prophets had. I think the apostles had. I think Jesus definitely had. It's an attitude of when you see injustice, it's, it's like an I will not be silent attitude. Like mm-hmm. I will not stand by quietly and let injustice continue to go forward. Absolutely. I think it was the gospel that fueled Martin Luther King Jr., obviously, in the civil rights movement. I think it's the gospel that fuels those things. Because I get what you're saying. Like, these, like sometimes Christians can be the moral police, and we, we're not here to legislate that in. Mm-hmm. Like, But we are to say, um, do what, should, what do we do when people are being oppressed? Like, what do we do? What do we do when people are being sex trafficked, human trafficked? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what do we do? Do we do nothing and just say, I should not impose my morals? We, we do fight. I mean, you look at Proverbs over and over again, it's repeated. Like we have to speak when no one else is speaking. We have to have a voice for the voiceless. Right. I, I do want to chime in though real quick. Yeah. And, and I'll make you sure know, just with there. the, okay, sorry. You know, even with the civil rights movement as yeah. well, uh, I feel like I just have to speak into it because it's my community. Yeah, I feel sure. like we're very quick to cherry pick and say that Christians led that abolitionist movement. Okay. But the reality is, I mean, you had Malcolm X, you had the Black Panther Party. I mean, Malcolm X was by any means necessary I mean, so you had a lot of violent means that mm-hmm. drove the change um, to get there. Obviously, the Black Panther Party got violent. Um, mm-hmm. And there's plenty more other, you know, other activists who really spoke up and did things that way to get some change. You know, Rosa Parks wasn't, let me pray with you. She's like, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just, I just want to be clear with that because Christians are so quick to be like, oh, you know, if Christians weren't here, like, no, it still, yeah. still would have well, got I, done, even not from a righteous perspective. Yeah. But what we would argue, we're talking about injustice. Like, I mean, that's what pro-choice people are arguing that yeah. this is an injustice to women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's their mindset and, and we, so it's it's really tough because i hear what you're saying mm-hmm. that, and that's what i'm like man like at what where do we where is that line of bringing this kingdom you know jesus's kingdom said he's not it's not of this world yeah and, and where does that line 
but like we really and I want to I actually think we should have a separate conversation probably what you mentioned because I do think like the idea of um by any means necessary has led to where we're at today which has just been more crime on crime on crime like mm -hmm. I do think that there was a redemptive side when you read you know letters from a Birmingham jail to me the gospel is littered in that when you see him you know when you see Martin Luther King Jr. turn the other I just think you're, you're right that played a role in it but I don't know how helpful it was did it bring the change through that by force or was it through the gospel redemption and I think that's a different mm -hmm. argument because I think sometimes we highlight um, I think we act like we got here because of the, the, the almost like the, we will harm you or hurt you by force. And that's how we saw change. I mean, that's how this country was founded. What you're talking about the civil war. I mean, you're talking about the, um, by force This is how you and I are here. How, yeah. How I, I actually, here. I've actually made arguments that it probably is the most gospel centered thing for us to abandon the King and, and of England and say, we're going to do our own thing. And I think that's mm. a completely different conversation. I'm not even necessarily saying that's biblical. What happened, mm -hmm. what we did, we basically were going to go into the laws of the land. Um, that's a completely another conversation. It but is, I'm saying yeah. Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentality was a, a gospel-centered mentality, which mm -hmm. I think was incredibly necessary and beautiful. There's obviously a couple of different talking points in that movement that we need to explore. But I don't. I'm not like okay with saying that it's just um that it's almost. I, I would rather lead with the love and redemption than the force side. And love and redemption will look like saying the hard thing, doing the hard thing. I think the idea of take, turning the other cheek, kind of taking that, taking that, mm -hmm. has led to real heart change. And so many things and that's like a longer i think conversation mm -hmm. um but i think it's worth us kind of exploring and saying that there needs to be this heart for christians to be able to say we're going to try to bring transformation through love and grace and like not force so this question of the kingdom of god you know do we not impose our beliefs into society mm. i think we need to look at it and say no but when there is injustice the church has participated in unjust things, mm -hmm. but they've also been the ones to wake up to that reality and saying, we, we're actually gonna stand against it and speak into this. And mm -hmm. it's gonna be biblical language that was used throughout, whether it was William Wilberforce with the abolitionist, it's gonna be those kind of that language to like get out of this. And I think we should lead in that again. And I think Martin Luther King Jr. was right. He's like, if we don't speak up and love now, he's like, you're gonna see another form of justice come. Right. And there's been another form of justice. Yeah, I just feel like we can't disregard how many other people contributed to that and and our history books only focus on mlk and there's so many more um, i'm not trying that, to say there's not you know and i think it's a collective effort yeah i'm of, trying to say we both. gotta it has to be through the gospel as christians and i think he's a great example because we are christians i'm not saying that we didn't get here by other people but i'm just mm -hmm. saying as followers of jesus who do we look to? We look to the Wilberforces, who was a white guy who gave up a lot of his wealth mm -hmm. to bring you know, end slavery. We look to Martin Luther King. We gotta look. We look at the models that did it in a healthy, godly, biblical way. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that people didn't. I'm saying who are we trying to model in right. this? In this? Well, I'm, I definitely agree with that. I just think that this conversation is, I mean, is with a lot of non-believers. Yeah, exactly. So that's right. why it's important to, you know. I, that's why I, I didn't run to just verses in the beginning. Yes. Because I didn't want to do that for somebody that that's not, I mean, that's going to fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. I believe that, but yeah. if they don't believe that, how do I get, like when I, when I share the gospel with somebody, how do I meet them where they're at? It's not yeah. by saying, well, the Bible says this yes. right away, even though that is truth in there, yeah. there, there is somewhere where I have to meet them. Totally. And I think that, you know, that, that's the only reason why I feel that way when yeah. we're talking about so many biblical models sure. and who we should follow in, in the gospel. Like, sure. absolutely, that is paramount. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just don't want to lead with that in that aspect. I get that, and I want to. I get that our heroes aren't necessarily the world's heroes, right? And I get that they have other heroes. I would say my again, my thing is, I God, how do we look to history and who did this like Jesus as best as their ability to the best of their ability? Mm -hmm. Who was sacrificial? 
who, who in a sense was like Jesus on the cross when they're mocking and spitting and beating and said, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, that's what Jesus left us with. Mm -hmm. That was transformative. That, that turned the centurion to go, truly this man must be the son of God. Mm. It was that, let me take this wrath. As much as we're like, who, but you shouldn't take, let me take on like Jesus, let me take this on for the true transformation. And I know that people can maybe misuse or overuse. I know that Christians can be guilty of that. But I think like abusing, let's say MLK, for example, but we have to, because there was so much, let me be like Christ in the cross, where it's like, I will take, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I think that caused there to be some centurions, people who would never repent to go, wow, Truly, there must be something to this message. So I agree. I'm not trying to say when to the world. I'm saying there, but there's power. There's power in responding like Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we look at this moment, how do we respond like Christ? I agree with you. Like we have to have that same heart to the, the woman as well. Absolutely. It, but we cannot neglect the lives of obviously these children that are, have been slaughtered. So I think there's that idea for us. It's like, yeah. how do we respond I, like Christ? Because I do think that, and it's funny, I brought it up like Malcolm X and the Black yeah. Panther Party, because I think banning abortions is force. Is, is force. I don't think that's meeting them with love. I, I, I do think that that is actually, let's, let's talk about that. Cause you, yeah. so you think it's forced to ban abortions a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, so I, it's not protecting an innocent life. It is protecting an innocent life, but Malcolm X was protecting an innocent life. No, but but, we're, not, by, we're, we're not doing harm to anyone in a sense. Right. So they're, har they're harming. You're definitely the harm is being done. W women are going to die. So that, that is why I guess that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're yeah. here, right? To talk about that. Because I, you, I actually, so I don't say that I would define harm differently. I'm intently, I'm trying to, per, I'm trying to harm you. So like, I look at the fetus and go, we are trying to harm the fetus. Mm -hmm. We're trying to harm the baby. We are literally ending its heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's different than saying, so we're not going to, we're not going to let murder happen. Harm is harm, whether intended or unintended. Yeah, I think, I think that is, I think that, um, I want to clarify two things mm -hmm. and then I want to speak into this part of it too, but I want to just go back a second. Um, j just to say that when I'm talking about the, like the Christian influence in society, I'm not saying that there weren't tons of mm -hmm. people bearing the Christian name and being hypocrites and being slave owners while reading their Bible and like disgusting, horrible mm -hmm. abuse. Mm -hmm all of that so like I, i'm not trying to say like yeah and then like you know every christian is perfect and that's like all it took like laudy like i'm not trying to paint a one-dimensional picture at all I'm, I'm just saying that um on, on that topic when it, it was it was basically the, the a few people um some white some black but basically reading the bible and being like this is crazy what we're doing like i'm reading this book and it's telling me that people are valuable. Like, how the heck are we doing this? Like, that, that's the only point that I'm trying to make is that it, it, the transformation that ended up taking place and the early, I'm talking about the, not, not um, the civil rights movement, but the abolitionist movement mm -hmm. was a Christian movement. Mm -hmm. It was Christians, again, of, of both black and white skin, but it was Christian people that understood that something was wrong based on their reading of scripture. So that, that was the only point I was trying to make there. Not, um, not that there weren't also non-Christians who were. I was about to say. Because 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 there were, but but the original, if you if you actually look at that, the original people that were kind of like raising the flag and being like, "What the heck is going on?" were pastors. Um, pre, there there's some epic guys. I I mean, anyway. Um, so I, I I guess I just want to say that just for the sake of being clear and hopefully unity, not saying like it was only Christians and all the non-Christians were bad and all the Christians were good. It was a lot more complicated than that right. for sure. Um, and then towards what you were saying about like justice and how 
there really are like like what I was saying, like like when I look at something like abortion, the the justice radar like goes off really, really mm-hmm. hard in mm-hmm. my heart. It's like this is wrong, like unjust, unjust, unjust. But to your point too, you're like there are there are two sides to that. I think it's really important. I think that's where that's what we need to talk about mm-hmm. is how can you address justice holistically mm-hmm. without slaughtering one person on the altar of the other or back and forth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also think, too, so let's talk about that, but I also want to frame it up a little bit in terms of magnitude because, mm-hmm. for example, the year before Road versus Wade, 39 women died of illegal abortions, and the year after Roe versus Wade, 24 died of legal abortions. So compared, like just magnitude, every human life is valuable. So it's not, that's a bad argument to make in some ways. But in another sense, I do think that it's very, if we're all in agreement that the elimination of a human life in the womb is bad, the magnitude of that bad is very, it's a high proportion greater just in terms of numbers than the amount of women. I think it's about 700 women that die of pregnancy related um, issues per year. I think it's something like that. It's actually, hold on. It's 20 out of one, every 20 out of every hundred thousand women in the USA. But they matter if we're going to talk about every life. has, And and that's why I said that too, is is every single life matters. Mm -hmm. But, but at the same time, I do think it's important to, acknowledge just the magnitude but but even be even the i don't even want to get into a riff on the magnitude thing mm-hmm. if that's if that's i more want to talk about how do you do because like you said i agree with you on on just like the justice what am i trying to say like your your justice radar goes off in both instances mm-hmm. right. and, and so that's ha- the process yeah, that's yeah. And, and so how how do you actually not disservice the one for the other even putting the magnitude piece aside mm-hmm. How, like, but the conversation that we shouldn't have is, yeah, let's kill the baby so that the mom gets yes. justice, or yeah, screw the mom's justice and just have the baby. Like, like let's have a, a more sophisticated conversation right. where we don't consider doing evil, and exactly. in, in, in any scenario, we don't do something evil for the sake of justice. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that, and let's actually look seriously at both situations and right. as mm-hmm. Christians. That's where we're mm-hmm. at. I yeah. think that what you just said, Brandon, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, because I obviously I believe, like like I said, like I am switched to to pro life. But I just while I am pro life, I mm-hmm. do want to call it what it is and and address both sides sure. and, and try as I get, you know, pray for wisdom mm-hmm. and, and continue to work through. That's where I mean when I'm processing and I'm mm-hmm. walking through. If you were to ask me, like, how is that not injustice that a woman doesn't have? Like, I'm like, I can't give you a, a faulty proof sure. answer. And that's why I look to Jesus, mm. um, you know, and that's really tough. But I love mm-hmm. what you said is how can we just, I think even acknowledging both, mm-hmm. that's, a, I think that's a win. I, I think that is huge. Mm-hmm. It is even in the midst of that. And even with the band, like mm. being okay, like, dang, like there, we don't know what the solution is yet. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I, I think that that's all right. I mm-hmm. think you we just acknowledging both sides is progress. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think we need to acknowledge both sides. I think what we are trying to get into nitty gritty, and I think I'm trying to figure out how to word this, you know, it's just to not kill the baby. Right? Is that mm-hmm. a is that a fair statement? 
it's just, it's righteous, it's good, it's, it's, it's holy to not end the baby's life. Like we should not end the baby's life, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just asking it. Like, okay, so that's, I think that's what I'm trying to get at is that's what's just, we, we don't want to end this baby's life. Now, I don't think any doctor, the whole hope for them is not to um, pick one or the other. It's how do we save both, right? right? So this idea, I think sometimes there's this misconception that the doctor's gonna choose the baby over the mom. I think that truly is a misconception. Like I've seen so many stories about there that the doctor's hands are tied and I can't do anything, I can't act. No, like they're gonna act and try to save the mother. They're gonna try to save both. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna try to save both, but they're obviously with the mother in front of her. They're gonna, try, I just think there's like a misconception that they're gonna say, sorry, mom, can't do anything for you. I do think that's like a, there's like a false idea about the doctor just saying, I'm not gonna help the mom. I saw more talking from that, that side, side of it where I think, mm-hmm. but we have to keep this, we have to not end this baby's life. Right. I just would ask you right after that Please. question. That question has to be asked 100%. And that's why I agree. I answered. I was like, yes, that is it's untru- just to, it's just to, to not end the baby's life. 100%. Yeah. Is it just to not let a woman make her decision? Murder. And, and so and, murder. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it, it is. It, it's, it's or I'd say it's, it's wrong to let her murder. It's wrong to let her choose or wrong yeah. to let her. So I have the choice to murder you. Because murder is our opinion. Yeah. That is what we believe as Christ followers. Murder's our opinion. But if we're talking about justice yeah. on, a, on a holistic scale, sure. I think that is where this argument is so strong. Or what mm-hmm. my colleagues have said yeah. is, is they they might say, oh, well, your version of justice is through a Christian lens because my justice is being able to choose. I mean, we can agree that we- And I think, man, that's that's a good argument. That, well, uh, you know, that's a good, uh, good argument. I really believe I, that. I mean, sure, we might define justice differently. There's no right. doubt we define justice differently, but I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna budge on the thought of, it. I if I, I have the right to murder you, I have the right, mm-hmm. maybe not by law, but I have the right. I'm not gonna do that because it's evil. It's wrong, it's mm-hmm. not just. Well, I wouldn't say you have the right, I would say you have the- Opportunity, of course. Not, not right, legally speaking. But even we're, forget about law for a second. We got to forget about law, because law does not mean it's moral and moral. But you don't have the a right. I, I mean, I would argue is given by God. You're saying you have the capacity. I have the capacity. I I have the opportunity to to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I have the opportunity to. We we're saying you might say you have the opportunity to murder this baby legally. We're saying I don't, I actually want to get rid of the opportunity legally to kill this baby. I mean that's what pro life is. I I want to get rid of the right to murder this child because I don't believe it's a right. I don't believe it's a, so. Yes, I agree in the sense of we might define justice differently, but I do not believe any mom has the right to murder her child. We might say legally. Let me let me to piggyback on that. Sure. Let me let me ask you this question. Applying the same logic of that argument, what if someone said their justice is the same but for their one year old? That changes everything, though. But why? I, because there's so many people that disagree on it goes to where do you determine what's a human and like there's many doctors that disagree even with what i said what i came in here Mm -hmm. and said and and case in point like jewish people in the talmud like to them a child is not born until until 40 days after or like 40 even after pregnancy when it takes its first breath that's when they consider it a child and i I wrote it down actually let me clarify Mm -hmm. what i just said so it's it's clear the Talmud outlines Jewish law and states a fetus is mere water for the first 40 days of pregnancy, and it is not considered a person until its first breath outside of a patient's body. And that is an interesting take because that is a religious perspective yeah. Ju- that Jewish people would argue. Yeah. And, and I guess my point is this, though, is like, let's say what we're really getting at is what is what is actually the truth, right? 
because the Talmud says that, but what if there was another religious sect of some weird Mormon sect or something that believed that it's actually not 40 days, but it's 400 days. And they wrote that down. But it's like, is that true though? You know what I mean? And, and I'm not even at this point making an argument for that. My belief that life begins at fertilization is true. I'm, that's not the argument I'm making right now. I'm just making the argument that our beliefs about the truth don't actually shape mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. There is there is a point when life begins. We can feel different ways about it. The Talmud can say that. The doctor that you go to work with can say that. Josiah can say that. I can say that. But none of us are actually changing what is the truth. Mm -hmm. But justice is rooted not in our opinions about the truth. Justice is rooted in the truth. So something is, mm. is just if it's actually protecting something in accordance with the truth. And you could, and humans are certainly also capable of perverting justice like the Marxists did, where they believed all landowners, it's just for them to be slain. Paul Potts, I mean, a million people who were spectacles were killed because spectacles meant that you could read, that you were literate, that you were probably wealthy. And a million spectacled people died under this idea of so, of, of bringing about justice. Right. So so my only point is that there, whether it's my opinion or your opinion or your opinion, mm -hmm. there, there does have to be, it has to be rooted in the truth. Well, and I just feel like we're missing something because we're, all three of us believe the same truth, but that's why I'm wrestling is mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I'm trying to, I'm not even thinking for myself. I'm thinking for somebody else that has a different version of truth. Of course, that's 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 where it, that's you know yeah. in the world. Yeah, of course, because we're all speaking from the same truth, well, and, that, and, that, and that's yeah. what's really difficult. Is I'm like the only points I'm making are, are just literally playing devil devil's advocate sure. because this is what people are saying. Mm -hmm. They have a different version of truth, no doubt. So it's it's <clears throat> really that's why I'm like I know where I stand because I <clears throat> choose to believe. I choose to have faith. Yeah. I think because we're getting out into like epistemology and almost like, how do you know it's not an opinion anymore? And how do you know this is not a belief? And it's like, this is objective truth. And it's really hard because I really do think this is a difficult conversation because yeah. this is now like, you're right. Everyone might define truth differently. Um, but then I don't want to play into relativism game. There has to be an objective truth because mm -hmm. someone who says there's no truth isn't claiming an objective truth. So I just struggle with any sort of relativistic, pluralistic, kind of being postmodern, obviously postmodern, it kind of leads to that because mm. it's, it's all based out of relativism that you make, you define your own truth, you define your own truth. And I, there's an element where we have to acknowledge that because sure on certain laws, we'll say, okay, this is a, this is legal. This is illegal, but I'm standing back and saying, no, no, I'll, don't worry about legislation or legality. You know, if someone's about to murder someone, like I have a responsibility to speak up, to voice, to defend, like mm -hmm. I have a responsibility to that. So if there was a certain people group being targeted and there is all over the world, different points in time, there's Muslims right now in China being targeted. We have a right to say, hey, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Muslims should not be targeted right now in China. Like we need to speak up. Like that is an unjust thing. The church should be saying that's not okay. Right. So whatever people group, this will, it'll, it'll be a new people group, new, new generation, maybe new age. It'll be, you know, ageism and old people. They're not value. It's, it's going to play out in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But us as Christians say, no, all life has value to it. There are one, there's one group right now in America that's primarily being targeted. I'd say that's the unborn. Now I can say like in, in an ongoing, like epidemic kind of a way mm -hmm. where one over a million a year are being aborted. So that is a huge population I need to speak up for mm -hmm. that we, they're intentionally being slaughtered. Like intentionally, I think, and I do think intent matters. I think yes, harm is harm is harm. But I think like there, I can harm my wife by not doing certain things. Why didn't you say that compliment? Why didn't you open my door? That hurt my feelings, right? Or I could intentionally harm her. Mm -hmm. So I do think intent matters. So I'm, I'm trying to get to that. We're intentionally harming a, a certain people group. Mm -hmm. Like we're intentionally harming them, right? Yeah, it's 
And that's where we start going in circles because sure. people would say that we're intentionally harming people but, but, with the ban. And, are, and, and yeah, I can see. And I would love to say, like, how are, now are we? Are we really one? Are we really? How are we? Because I'd love to explore that because we're not. We're we're literally trying to not end a life. Now we'll also come along the mother. How like honestly, I think the church needs us up in this. Like we yeah. we'll say that, we'll that's help. What I was gonna say the the church. I mean, one thing that's really really clear is the church needs to get a lot more radical about coming alongside of Absolutely. pregnant absolutely mothers like no doubt it like it needs to be it needs to be like huge like it it needs to be like literally like mission number one in light of this road versus way thing how can we how can we highlight what christ is like in light of how america is feeling right now right yes and 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 i think i mean i i i think that basically whether if the mother is a Christian or a non-Christian, if they believe that it's a human inside of them or not a human, mm-hmm. none of those things change yes. whatever how it is. And how we feel about it doesn't yes. change what it is. But but like, so you can believe that you're doing something just and be wrong. Mm-hmm. But even if that is the case that does like what you were saying like that does not change the christian response to that person right which is to come alongside and be like listen like you might think that it's just for you to do that i don't think so so much so that i will do literally everything in my power in a loving way to alleviate the weight that you're carrying yes and and that's it instead of jumping to just have it all adopted i think that's a better response is how can i support you in this yes instead of me determining what is right to help you and i think that's where we get somewhere because if people see jesus first then we can get to the truth so can I then ask, we can get to our objective what, truth because what you just said i want to actually get clarity on that because like how can i help you outside of not ending this life though right or do you like are you willing to help them to even to end its life in the process that's where i'd say no i, I can't do that i guess i'm trying to get clarity on that because i mm-hmm. I, think I will do whatever it takes to help you and keep this baby alive i think it's both well, there's it's conditional then. What's conditional? Because I'm not. No, no, I'll help you regardless. Not helping you can, if even you if, make that decision to abort. No, because even if you abort, I'm still gonna help you. Okay. I'll, I'll still help you. I'm not saying it's not. It's not conditional. But I'm mm-hmm. saying I want to help you. But I want to help you keep this baby alive and help you. How can we do both? So I'm saying both. Right, but yeah. that's not always an option. I mean, that that Take would the, be a perfect world if that was the the case. If we if we could save both. If if I if you if Christians could come alongside. And save both. I don't think we would be having this. And would that be? I mean, combo. Like I mean, we kind of talk about that. That'd be over ninety nine percent of them. I do believe, because mm-hmm. even you can still have the, you still can have the baby. I would say, depending on even if it's like this medical reason, there's still ninety nine percent of the, the babies out there that are being aborted that we got to help. Like we got to say, I want to keep this baby alive. Listen, I want to help the mom. I want to mm-hmm. help the mom. I want to help the baby. I'm not saying it's we're not going to help you if you abort it. We'll help you after the wheel, even if you abort it. Mm. But like, I want to keep this baby alive. I want to keep this baby alive. And I want to keep you and I want to help come alongside you. So I'm not saying it's an either or. Right. I'm just saying that for a lot of of people, it's the decision. And and I think that's where we're missing it. That's where I was missing it. I think that's where a lot of Christians are missing it is they think that it's if I have help, then I'll have the baby. And and, and it's not for some people, that's not even the issue. The issue is the choice for them. They want to be in control. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of you'll have help or support because the church has been giving that. Sure. There's orphanages, there's churches built in Christ's name. Like mm-hmm. the church has been giving that and there's still people are upset. So why are they upset? But it really, don't you think that it does come down to that they haven't had the revelation of humanity? Because 
they wouldn't they wouldn't be saying that if it was the, mm-hmm. if the baby was a one year old. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't be right. So it, it but but it, so yeah. it, it's the fact that in that perspective, and I'm saying this to kind of agree with you, and and to put, I'm putting myself in the shoes of that person right. where you don't believe that it's a human mm-hmm. inside of you, and you have you know let's call it the patriarchy or whatever telling you that you have to make a certain choice about it and you're like it's not a human it's my body mm-hmm. leave me the heck alone mm-hmm. and and get out of my private life like i'm per- privately had sex i privately am pregnant and i'm going to privately make my decision of what to do with the outcome of you know so if you don't if you don't believe that it's a it's a if you don't believe that there are two human rights that exist inside of you. There's your human rights, there's your ability to exercise your freedom of choice, but not at the point when you infringe upon the human rights of the baby. That's the whole thing, like that's never okay. It's never okay to exercise my choice if all of a sudden in doing so, I'm taking away from someone else's rights. That's that's like fundamental law. Like you can't, like your individual rights end at the place where they begin to infringe upon another person's. 100%. And it, I agree with that statement. It's mm-hmm. just they would disagree that that is a person and that right. they have the, yeah. the right. So we're, we're, we're saying the same thing. Sure. We're on the same page. It's just I just wanted to make sure that we understood, like with my colleagues or with anybody mm-hmm. else, we understood where their heart is coming from. Yeah. And, and that because I feel like that will help us better respond. Mm-hmm. Someone that. was trying to tell me that I have to do something with my pinky i would be so upset oh it's i mean it's the vaccine debate yeah yeah even better it's it's i mean it's that simple right i mean in our church we go to a church where i mean i'm a part of a church where i would say maybe 50 percent or more are not vaccinated and that is their their choice and it's that's why the argument is so interesting well, because I, I don't, we're I, saying my body, my choice. I know, that's like, why I, do you think it's apples to apples? I don't think it's the same, well, my, my right? Point, my point is that there's it's like their body. No, but, but I'm saying it's not. Well, it's not their body, right? That's my point of, of this. And I, I mean, I, I just think I've heard that argument. I just go, I don't know though. I don't know because I don't think it's their body. I don't. I think that like I really do actually think science will catch up too on the pro life side. Well, well, us three all agree that it's not the not the woman's body, right? Sure, and I get it. Like. Right, but this this conversation is for from the for the global yeah, standpoint. Right, right, right. Sure, right. sure, sure. Because that's why I'm. I mean, if I didn't agree with you guys on that, I wouldn't be pro life. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pro life because I, I understand that my body's not my own. Mm-hmm. You know. But, well, I'm, but I'm trying I'm to say for even... people that do still believe that yes. their body is their own. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's a very interesting. It is. Some people might say it's apples to apples, but I, I think it's a very interesting analogy. The, well, that, the reason the reason why I just want to disagree mm-hmm. is like, yes, I get we're talking from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to say I actually think medically. And philosophically, they'll come up. I think over time they'll go, "Wow, that's not your heartbeat, and that's not your brain wavelengths, that's not your DNA." And I actually think that medically, they're saying this is actually not your body. Like, I, I don't think it's just a, I don't think it's just a theological thing. I think it's primarily that which we're all talking about. But I'd say even the idea of like your body, your choice, and I get that they'd come from that. Here, I'm here. It's my body, my choice. I would actually say, not. Even, I'm not going to use Bible. I'm not going to use theology right now. I'm going to say actually, medically speaking, that's not your. That's not your body. That's not your brain. That's not your heartbeat. It's just not. Like I actually think over time they'll catch up on the medical side and the philosophical side of that. Now I'm saying I think we should, as Christians, we should have a time to like we gotta can we speak into this? Like I want to help you. Obviously I'm not gonna hide my cards. I'm gonna show you my cards. My cards is okay. How can I help you? And how can we not end another human life? Like I don't want to be ashamed of that. 
right? If we can come alongside right. someone. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and I'll be honest, like we're at a church, we have, we've had a few, you know, people we've had to talk to. It's like, I'm pregnant. I don't, I want to, I don't know if I want this. Mm. And we've had to have those conversations of, listen, can I talk to you? Right. Like we have to say, like, let me talk to you. And we'll do, it's a mixture of things. You'll lose theology, philosophy. You'll talk medically, say, you know, we'll kind of say, hey, every argument you heard, your body, your choice. Can I actually debunk that a little bit? Like, I think we should debunk some of the common quick slogan arguments that are just thrown out there so quickly. Like, I just, and I just do laugh at sometimes we throw these little arguments out really quickly. Like, my body, my choice. That one is branded everywhere. And I just go, man, I don't know if that is your body. And I think we could talk about that as well. Yeah. But that's just one aspect. You're going to like this, Phil, what I'm about to say, because I, I feel like we're in agreement on, uh, Kind of going back to what I was saying about you wouldn't just take the Torah and then legislate it sure. on, onto an entire population of 300 million Americans. You right. all have to follow the torture, uh, follow the Torah or else you are tortured mm -hmm. um, or go to jail or whatever else. You would never do that. Um, I think that for people who totally have bought into that, what I would call propaganda of my body, my choice, it feels just like that. Mm -hmm. It feels like what are you talking about? Someone else has this belief that it's not my body, my choice, and they're using that belief to to force me to have to do this and that. So this is what's really fascinating. There, there was a few counties in Texas, this was like five years ago, where they didn't actually change the legislation of whether it was legal or, or illegal to have an abortion. What they did is they said, yeah, your body, your choice, great. We, we're just saying one thing. You just have to go and get a sonogram before you get the abortion. Just because we want total visibility, we want you to make an informed decision, we want you to be aware of what it is, 80% of women in those counties did not go through with the abortion that wow. they planned on getting just by looking and seeing the baby's heartbeat, seeing it kick in the womb, literally seeing what it is. There's a famous quote. It's it, to wow. me, it really exposes the fact that this is a knowledge problem. It's the fact there's, there's actually a famous quote. This is like a hundred year old quote, but I think this is so true, which says that if the womb was made out of glass instead of flesh, there would be no such thing as an abortion because you would literally be able to see your baby. You would already have that connection to it. Like all of those maternal instincts would already be in play if you could just see what was behind the veil. And, and to me, that is an area that we must focus on is actually connecting with helping an education helping to solve that knowledge problem that exists working past the rhetoric that actually conceals the truth and lovingly helping people to actually change their own mind mm -hmm. and change their own heart on the issue rather than just legislating the torah down on people now again because it is a justice issue in the short term i'm like okay i'm glad that probably less babies are going to die because of this but it's ultimately like a very quick kind of band-aid solution on a much deeper yes, yes, problem. And, 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 the, and the thing is this, like, think about this for a second. Like these people were taught this in school. Mm -hmm. They didn't go to some camp. They were taught the same source that taught them two plus two equals four, taught them your body, your choice. You have to be such a kind of free, like uh, intellectually curious person and a free thinking person and you, and you have to have a good motive, a reason to be like, I'm going to question what school taught me like that. Like, why would you do that? Right. Why would you ever do that? But but we actually I actually genuinely believe and there's a whole history behind this of why this is the case, which I don't need to go into now. But there, there basically is, in my opinion, a very um, anti God philosophy that has crept in to America through this thing called the Frankfurt School. And it 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 basically is, the, the whole thing is designing to 
pull the family unit apart to make men and women hate each other to, to so that fathers don't be fathers in the home so that women have to be single mothers so that then abortion is all the more compelling when you, your circumstance is more difficult and all of these different pieces work together basically at, and 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 I, I this would be a whole longer conversation I was about to say yeah sure. that, that's a whole whole other can of worms it's all it's a whole other can of worms but it's it, it but re- regardless of that mm-hmm. um i would love to speak in what you first said but i'll let you finish sure. yeah okay just la- landing landing the plane on on what i'm saying here yeah. is it, just basically the idea of if if somebody has learned something in school believe something to be true and all of a sudden there's a law that's coming and saying no you can't do that and in the implementation of that law there is a legitimate and sometimes very severe inconvenience and even suffering that comes along with that mm-hmm. my point in all that is i totally totally get it and we can't just be happy that this roe versus wade thing happened mm-hmm. it's like the that that's the very very beginning the very tip of the iceberg now is the time to be like let's all have this conversation yeah. and see if we can share knowledge and actually get people's hearts and minds to be in sync not just the law 100 percent no, I agree with that. And I just want to say thank you for bringing that up about Texas counties. I mean, that is, that blew my mind hearing that because for me, that's what I mean by that's not taking it by force. To me, in my brain, that was like the MLK approach, if if you will, to abortion. When people do see the sonogram, mm-hmm. that still allows them to have the right to make a decision, but they're informed now, you know? And I think that's like, even though there still is the hard issue and it still isn't right, I think, man, that still allows, like, I mean, that is about as close as we could get to justice on both sides from a secular perspective. Sure. You know, obviously what we believe is just is just, and let's call holy what holy is. But that is so interesting um, to me, or or even I wish like many other people were aware of that. I I wish my colleagues were aware of that. I wish Christians were aware of that. I mean, that that just really makes you think. That's just such an interesting take, interesting perspective that they did that. Well, I, I just, I agree that I don't think pro-life arguments are not, they're not in the, the marketplace. Mm. They're not, they're not, they're not being shared at any universities really. Like what secular universities is their professors in? Let me just give you some reasons behind pro-life. There are a handful of people doing that, but that's not, you're not gonna find a class in, in sociology, anthropology that says actually there's a strong and compelling argument for pro-life. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's, again, it's not just Christian based. I think we gotta, that's what I'm trying to explain. I truly do think there's a, I think science is on our side right. meaning i do think if women are exposed to the heart being being seen as early as 15 days i think those things matter i think seeing the, a 3d sonogram matters mm. i think all of those things are incredibly helpful yeah um i also and this is where i land i also look on and go um i'm thankful there's a law in our land that says not to murder i'm thankful for that mm. right and i would hope that would apply to the unborn mm-hmm. and I, I think that's why i think that it, laws do matter in that way. Like, obviously we might disagree on laws and that's why we have, you know, legislation. That's why we have lawyers. That's why we have, like, we try so hard to come around and laws are constantly changing. But I, I think there's some key laws like theft. That's not going to change. Hopefully or probably murder. That's not going to change. Um, but obviously our definition of murder, I think it needs to apply to the unborn. That's where I would land mm. because I'd say that is ending a life. And we, I almost want to stop playing to people's fantasies that it's not a life. Like I feel like for my whole life, I've had to almost agree with the world, not agree, but in some ways you're just kind of going along with this idea that that's not a life. And I want to say, like, I'm, I want to invite them to the conversation, but th- there's not even a conversation. That's what's interesting about it. When Brandon's getting taken off TikTok, that's really fascinating to me. Mm. And we're saying, can we have a conversation that this is a life? And they're saying, nope, you can't. And we'll take away you and your followers. We'll pull down your videos.
but they left up all the people who reacted to me. So if you type in my name on TikTok, you'll see thousands of other people where it begins with my video and they go, okay, Mr. Brandt, you know, here's where you're wrong, da, da, da. And they left up all of the people that are basically like debunking me or making me look foolish, mm -hmm. but didn't ever let me uh, ever respond or, or defend myself or have that dialogue that's necessary for the growth of knowledge. So it's like, it's only all the people explaining why I'm bad without any context. So people that type in pro-life on TikTok now, just see, guys, like life begins at fertilization. Okay, so here's the problem with that, da, 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 da. And that's all that they have access to. So they're it, like, for whatever reason, I, I don't wanna spiritualize it because I want, if, if sure. it was a non-Christian person listening to our dialogue here, I wanna give an, a, a more secular reason than, than the, the one that's coming to my head. But for some reason, I won't even speculate on what it is. There is a censorship of the pro. I was about to say, yeah, yeah that's you, what's were, weird. you were censored. Yeah. That's weird to me, right? Like, yeah. I, it's weird. I'm just saying that. Why isn't the pro-life conversation being considered? Because I don't just think, I really don't think we just have a good argument, like theologically. I think mm. it's almost like stay your lane. I think that, yes, I think we can make a great. And I honestly, here's what I think. I think people throughout history have stolen from Christianity. We all think everyone has mm. equality. Why? Why is everyone equal? Because of Mago Day, like meaning, we'll. I love how people will pick and choose Bible when they want it, right? Mm. And it's like, well, I don't want this though. Abortion. We're all made equal. There's no one better than the other. We should have this equality. Let's fight for equality. But mm -hmm. why? Like honestly, if you don't believe in the scriptures, why? Can you prove that? You can't prove that. You can't prove that one race isn't better than another if you don't have the Bible. I think you literally just hope that you want that. Mm. I think that like a lot of our our moral beliefs are theologically based, but I also would say like philosophically speaking, we gotta like stand back and kind of look at this. Like, what is life? Like we have to answer these questions as yeah. a, as as people, Christian on Christian, and I think it's here's what's interesting. Um, I think that every worldview is like come to the table, come to the table with your worldview. But right now we're in a cultural moment where, like, but Christians don't bring your God into this. Mm. Well, here's the thing. It's funny we see that right. Like it's almost like keep your faith out of it. But this is my worldview. My worldview includes God. You you have a worldview. Basically, it's just another form of religion. You have a form. Of, I have a worldview. I just have a worldview, mm -hmm. and I'm told to keep mine out, or it's being kept out or censored out right all i'm trying to say is like i think actually we have a great argument for um again for life medically speaking i think we have a great argument for you know what an abortion philosophically speaking like, i think we can talk through these things but it's weird like i don't then what article have you guys found this week this on any like what article have you found on mainstream media that's like here's some pro-life reasons hey if your neighbor's pro-life before you demonize them consider yeah. here's why it might be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found a good amount and that's what helped me arrive at this decision as well, to be honest with you. And I'm is, sorry, is, and yeah, mainstream? Like, I'm curious, like, was there- Yeah, it was on my For You page. For You page? Yeah, so it, it like, it comes up, basically it's an algorithm based on what you like and oh, what okay, you gotcha. see. And it came up because I was looking up like pro-choice arguments yeah. for Christian. But also, believe it or not, it even had a pro-life because just the word pro is in there yeah, yeah. and Christian, yeah, yeah. that it also a lot of pro-life things. And I'm like, on Instagram or TikTok yeah, or something? Yeah, on Instagram, TikTok, mm -hmm. both of them. And I was yeah. looking, I'm like, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for arguments pro-choice for Christians. Mm -hmm. But I kept seeing pro-life stuff, pro-life stuff mm -hmm. so much that I even bookmarked some of them. Yeah. And I saved it on one of my Instagrams. Yeah. And it was this guy named Elvis, it's, oddly enough, but it's an Indian man named Elvis who he's a Christian believer and mm -hmm. wrote some of the arguments for pro-life mm -hmm. and it really got me thinking and mm -hmm. I haven't saved that to show it to you guys after, but I, I was like, that. but it came up mm -hmm. on my page. So that, that is good. Cause I do, you know, I, I want to say, regardless of how we feel, it's not right for you to be censored or for yeah, anybody sure, to be sure, censored sure. Um, on that. So and then, even, even if they disagree, it's yeah. It and I hear limits, that. And I, yeah. I think that's, I do see that, but I'm, I was just talking like people's magazine, wall street journal, yeah. New York it's times. Just, it's, it's out there, right? you know, especially in the Christian community. I mean, especially if we say there's so many Christians in the United States, like 
there's pro-life rhetoric going around more than you would think. Even on Twitter, especially yeah. coming from a Christian high school, you would be surprised how many DMs I received over the weekend. Really? How many messages that I got. People mm. were very frustrated with mm. what I had to say wow. before I had switched. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, mm. it's more mainstream than we think. Gotcha. I think we're just seeing it, yeah. a lot of people post that mm. are the younger generation. Sure. But I mean, on my timeline is definitely filled with two dichotomies. Gotcha. I, I feel like if it wasn't, I wouldn't have arrived at this decision. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's just my definition of mainstream. What I mean by mainstream is like what notifications do I get to my phone? It's mm. it's New York Times. It's LA Times. It's People Magazine. It's Wall Street Journal. It's Barron's Financial. And I mean, I'm more saying that in that way. Right. Like it's overwhelmed. There's not one it's in one the side, mainstream. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm saying is I just think there needs to be a voice. There needs to be like you will continue to, people will continue to demonize both. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're in a moment where the pro-life is the minority conversation. And I think that is like not, that is not the majority. That is like a minority of, of voices. Yeah. And I'd say that I think that is where we need to be able to have some voices again. I mean, I think another thing, and this is a, a different, maybe a question for a different day, but I don't think it's as minority as much as we think because of how, when we look at the evidence of how it got overturned. I mean, some people, people are fighting for pro-life. Like, of course, yeah. Like they're out there, I mean, to the point where, like you said, you never thought we would be here in, in over 50 years. So yeah. what the media is putting out is one thing, but what people are actually- Yeah, and I would, I would say that's not pro-life. I would say that's actually just how they interpret the law. I don't think it's because they're pro-life. I think it's because of the interpretation of law. Mm. But I would just say that, yeah. I mean, I could like agree, I guess to- like I'd say, yes, there's definitely pro-life people out there. Um, I think the, yeah, I think it's over how, how did we get here right now? You know, yeah, it's, I think because some people believe it. Yeah, I think it's because of interpretation of law um, yeah. more than it being pro-life. What do you mean by that? I think the, how we interpret, um, is it constitutional right? Is there anywhere, is abortion a constitutional right? I'd say that, no, we don't see that in the constitution. Um, so I'd say the interpretation of law led to that conclusion of saying, okay, that's why we'll turn overturn to the states. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. interpretation of law versus this is my, I have a, I'm seeing this through my lens and I'm gonna turn the law over because of how I see the world. Gotcha. I'd say, no, this actually isn't a constitutional right because nowhere is this mentioned. I don't think it's pro-life judges as much as judges who are trying just to interpret the law. I got That'd you. be my take on it. The disagreement that you guys were just having is actually interesting because it applies not just to this topic, but it really does apply to like every single topic. Yeah. And that is like people, we, we go onto our devices and we consume information mm -hmm. and we don't really have a good way of assessing where that information is coming from with in the algorithm and is it the same experience that our neighbor's having is it the same experience that my brother's mm -hmm. having on on the opposite end of the country you you have this illusion of objectivity that exists mm -hmm. there but you don't actually know where who who's curating it mm -hmm. where is it coming from i just think it's interesting that a lot of even left arguments you'll see in a couple days now that we're mm -hmm. it's been like a week right yeah you'll, yeah. you'll see responses that the right was making. So they're seeing it somehow because they're saying, oh, well, believers keep saying this or you guys keep saying this. Well, and then they provide their rebuttal. So I'm yeah, like, that's very interesting. No, what do you mean? I, I'm so curious. What do you mean? Like, like there, I, a lot of posts that I saw, right? Were yeah. people's opinions about abortion. Sure. Now, like today, if I were to look on Instagram, it's a lot of posts, you know, with the cute little Insta graphics, mm. it's debunking some right pro-life mm -hmm. views mm -hmm. so i'm like they heard the pro-life argument from somewhere to the point where they made their own graphic to make a rebuttal mm -hmm. and i thought that was interesting mm -hmm. because like yeah the right is like inundated by left 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 so it's easy for them to make their rebuttals yeah. and say oh well you guys are but i i do say that there's on both sides because i see the argument making mm -hmm. a rebuttal to someone else's argument so i'm like they're seeing it from somewhere mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. even that I, and i and i agree with you 
And I think even that does is... Does that make sense? Like, it, do, it does make sense. Like, what, or else what are you responding to? What are you bouncing off of? Right. But but this is this is what's interesting, is people aren't having a conversation. Yeah. People are just debunking each other's memes. And that that's not actually fruitful. Like, that's... Yeah. On both sides, though. No, no, no. I, I agree. A hundred percent on both mm-hmm. sides. It's mm-hmm. it's total... I'm not saying this in a partisan way at all. It's, right. it's, it is like a legitimately... It's something that has become so ensconced in how our culture operates, and it's so toxic that you're you're not actually looking across the table from someone that you might have a, yeah. a different vantage point on, and like hearing them out mm. and being like, "What's what is behind the meme? Like what?" And for example, it doesn't promote conversation. It doesn't promote conversation at all. It, it makes it makes everybody else an opponent. Right. And the and the task is to checkmate the other guy and this and that. Mm. And, and even even like sitting down, honestly, bro, like with you and mm. and hearing your mm-hmm. heart on this topic. If if I just if you okay, if you posted a meme, I would have. No, I wouldn't understand any of what it is. I wouldn't know what was motivating you. You would just have an idea and I'd be like, I disagree with that idea, but I don't understand that mm. you're trying to get at justice for these women and you're feeling compassion in this mm. particular way and you're looking at the issue mm. in, in this way. And like, yeah. I, I think that, honestly, I think this has been like a very like cool and productive 100%. conversation. Yeah. And even just that where it's like, like, People like myself who are very, I, I feel very passionate about, you know, being pro-life, but I feel, and the, I, I'm not trying to play the victim, but I legitimately just feel, and in all of those interactions I had when I was doing the TikTok, just so misunderstood. Oh, 100%. It's like, I don't hate women. I don't want to take away women's rights. I'm not part of the patriarchy. I'm literally, only, I'm focusing on the protection of this, of this baby. And I, and all the rest of that stuff is not motivating me. It's a game changer because I truly believe sitting here and Mm -hmm. talking to you guys. And and if people from the other side were to have this conversation Mm -hmm. and see where your heart is at, Mm -hmm. then they would consider maybe this is a life. Mm -hmm. Maybe this Mm -hmm. is a human, Mm -hmm. but you're hundred percent right. Mm -hmm. I agree with that from a point, like from an Instagram Mm -hmm. post, you're posting that all that's fueled is frustration. Yeah. 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 That is not, I'm not feeling heard. And I agree with you a hundred percent that it's a game changer mm. seeing where you're coming from, where you're mm. coming from and the, the context of seeking justice mm. and, and holiness. Like when we just hear those words, it's like a text message. Mm. It literally, that's what it is. It's a text yeah. and it's not, there's no tone I know, felt it's, with it. It's, it's awful. It's hard. It's and, so hard. Cause when you tell me that here, it, mm. it, it definitely hits different. Mm. It hits different. Mm. And, and, and it's so easy mm-hmm. for me to jump on Twitter mm-hmm. and agree with everybody else my age. Mm because we're just talking i'm reading the text yeah and yeah. from what the text is being shown to me i i feel like my opinion's right mm. and then when there's context when mm. there's tone when there's grace and how mm. you guys are explaining this and patience mm. it's like you're raising a child when mm. you're when you're teaching a child and you're trying to say wow. these things Jeez. it takes time and patience and then they come around and they're like man dad Mm. I see what you're saying. I mean, I've been having that moment with my wow. father so much. That's now, so good. Now that I'm growing, I mean, mm-hmm. we're almost best friends now mm. oh, because I'm like, so cool. I, I see what you're saying. Dad. <laughs> it took me time to get there, mm. but I see what you're saying. And, wow. and that's what people would have. And that's wow. the hope. That's what we yeah, pray for is that people, even non-believers, <sighs> believers would see the truth. Yes. They would see this and be like, dang, that's what you meant. That's where you're coming from. Wow. It's from a heart of love, from mm-hmm. God's love. Let me hear what else you have to say. Dude, and I almost want to apologize if the guy got, you know, I don't know. My heart in this is like, I want to woo people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. First of all and foremost, I don't, 
I want you to, I want you to see that Jesus is Lord. I do. Right. And then I think that this, this was so important though. I was like, this is not, this is obviously a very important matter. I don't think this is like a secondary issue in some ways because we are truly talking life and death. Mm. That's why I think this is such a primary issue and where there's so much conviction on both sides. Cause I, I think when you, when you really do believe it's life, it's like, oh my gosh, like I got to stand up for this life. Like, dude, if there, if there was modern day slavery in our country, it'd be like, it'd be like decide, don't try to legalize, don't try to make this illegal. Come on, man. This is their choice to have one. Like, well, uh, no, we got to say, I'm sorry. Like we got to get this in the law mm. because I'm, I'm, I want to protect people from being caught up in that. And that's why I feel about this. Like there's life and death. Now, I, I want to win people to argument. I want people to make that decision themselves. I don't want to force that. But at the same time, if we have if we have an opportunity to say, you know what, there could maybe be a law in certain places to actually keep people from dying, I, I'm for that. Right. I, and, and, other and, people and might not be. Sorry, go ahead. I would say 100%. The first part about that is I think just not necessarily agreeing, but just validating somebody. Sure. And the reason why I say that yes. is because that's why my father and I don't fight as much anymore mm. is because our conversations are just that, mm -hmm. conversations, mm. validating what he has said mm -hmm. and then me speaking instead of just having these rebuttals. So you're 100% right. Like that, you have to stand up for that. But, you know, my, my only recommendation would be ease into that. Mm -hmm. Like just like we did tonight, mm -hmm. like you, you got there just not initially. Sure. And and I think that's what I'm taking away from yes. this conversation. Yes. Is truth is truth. How am I getting there? Yes. Because you, if we, do we want our truth to be heard? Yes. It's not going to be heard if it's yeah. out the gate shut yes. down. And, and I care about the truth so much that I'm willing to be patient, yes. validate you, because this is how we change people's yes. minds. This yes. is how my mind was changed. Mm. So that's the perspective that I have with somebody wow. else is not somebody berating me. It doesn't work yeah, that yeah. way. Oh, dude, cuz then I don't feel heard. Yeah. And I and I'm in shutdown mode mm. and a calm mind is a clear mind. You're right. We're so calm here mm. having these conversations, mm. validating each other's points cuz we're so calm mm -hmm. versus if I was with Brandon on media, mm. we'd be at each other's necks right mm. now because <laughs> there's just there's nothing calm about it. Sure, that. sure. It's I got I feel that message well, and I got worked up. Wow. See, and like, here, dude, I'm so calm with you. I, 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 I have my tea. No, but yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I need to hear that, man, because tea actually has calming ingredients. That's why this conversation. Is I drug it. You're both, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, I I appreciate that, but I, I got like I gotta say yes, I agree. Um, it's so weird. It's so weird because I do feel like it's a dance, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a side. where it's like, what foot? What foot do I lead with right now? Yes. Because that I really do feel like so much as Christians, it's like, do I lead with truth or love? And you you want to do both. Right. But let's be honest, when you dance, one foot has to go forward sometimes. And sometimes. you might leave with the wrong foot, I feel like at times. You go, right. oh, I left the wrong foot. Mm. And it's hard. You know, you're already stepping on their toes at that point. Right. It might be hard. But I do feel like this is a dance. Mm. You got a bunny hop, bro. Truth and love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's really, it really is hard. Like, And there's that side of me where it's like, listen, there's a side of me at the end of the day, and I'm just like, after all, everything's said and done. You know, Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Mm. But there's a side of it where the gospel is going to be offensive. Right. Like the gospel will offend. And I think the idea of calling people out of darkness into light, there's a sense, we can't forget, it's not just Jesus died for yours again, but he also says repent, right? Like the mm -hmm. first word in Jesus' ministry was repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Like the first word was repent. And all I'm trying to say is like, I guess the church maybe has led with repent, you know, and maybe it's like, maybe it's kind of like, hey, guys, can you be loving? And I right. think like, yeah, we got to learn from that. hundred percent. Because, and, and I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because like, I can't appreciate the fullness of the gospel until I understand my mm. sin, right? The weight of my mm -hmm. sin, hundred percent. But I can't lie and say that what led me to repentance this week was love. Because I knew, Lord, you're not going to feel any, you're not going to withhold blessings from me, even if I don't feel this way. Mm -hmm. You love me enough to give me the freedom to make this decision. And that is why I choose to follow you. That is why I choose to love you. 
And that's why I chose to be pro-life now because of the love. That's so crazy. That's awesome. So, so that you're right. Repentance has to happen. And you're love right. Cause it's the goodness of God that leads us. Through. So you're right. Yes. I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. I guess, you know, and I'm not trying to say there's not even, but I, you're absolutely right. I just look at this as like, if someone walks away and hates my guts because I, I believe it's murder. Mm. If someone says you're an idiot, you're foolish, you're immature, you're a naive, you know, and because I can't believe you still think this is murder. It's like, I, I almost like, not that I don't care. Like I want to win them to Christ, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I can't, I, I can't shy away from right. ultimately you, you that conviction. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. I can't right. be ashamed. And I, and I also just like the, the convictions, I, I think that's where it's so weird as Christians. Like we want to be loving, but then we, in the attempt to be loving, we lose conviction. Right. And I cannot lose conviction for this one. Like 100%. this to me is one where like, I just, I can't, just like if someone was truly intentionally misharming the mother or doing whatever it could be, I'd be like, this is not okay. Right. Like your intent mm -hmm. is to miss, to hurt, harm them up. That is not okay. And I just, there has to be a side where for me, like the conviction can't, can't wane. And I was talking to a Christian about this today. And it was just so funny. Her perspective was, I believe that, you know, um, life happens at conception. However, I don't know why I was so slow to celebrate what happened. Mm. I don't know what's, and she went to, wow. uh, she went to UF, but I'm not I'm saying she went to secular college. And her point was, it's weird that like, why can't I celebrate this? Mm. And and, am I, and God is saying, and she felt like she was like, God is saying, you need to celebrate this. However, like I, the reason maybe you're hesitant is either two things, you're compassionate towards people, mm. or you've embraced too much of the world's ideologies. And it's almost that idea of like, have I embraced a little too much, for instance, speaking, from my, my past professor's comments are ringing through my head that, you know, this is gonna hurt women or harm their rights. And I, she's like, I, th I think that maybe I'm blending a mixture of the world's ideologies with the gospel's mm -hmm. ideologies. And I'm not, mm -hmm. and all I'm trying to, sorry, go ahead. No, go. I would just say that's a great point. I would say I, I definitely think it would be more of the compassion. Sure. That it could, it, it could it be could used. Be. But the reason why I say that is because our professors are not, like, we're learning. We're not talking about these things. Yeah. Like, that's not, we're not winning debates when we go to secular colleges. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not. Yes. People think like my ideology of even why I was the other way is because of people. Mm -hmm. My compassion for people, not because of course my professor told me and I'm not think this to, way. I don't want to predict this on to you. I'm, not, right. I'm just saying like. No, I'm just saying yeah. in general, I, I want you to understand that like at university, there's so much going on that that's not at the, even the forefront of, I feel like what, of what people are talking about. Yeah. I, I think that's that hesitation would be, and I don't know, I can't speak for I know. her, but I, I would, that's what I would just want to say is I think that that hesitation would be because of the compassion for people and not necessarily you know, sure. somebody feeding us ideology. I sure. mean, the best ideology is, is love for people. Uh, that's, that's the strongest ideology mm -hmm. I can even think of. Uh, of course. I guess what I'm going to add is like for her conclusion and not, not to project on you is like, mm -hmm. I, she thinks she's embraced maybe too much of the world's beliefs. I into got you. This. And I think that in this conversation, because it is weird, I'm not gonna, it's weird for me. Mm -hmm. On Friday, I was like, wow, this is awesome. But my heart grieved knowing that there would be so many Christians who couldn't celebrate. Mm. And I was like, oh, why do I feel, Friday felt weird to me. We talked on the phone that day. And you're like, dude, like it was just such a weird, like I felt like this is awesome because if there might be a few lives spared in this and actually significant, maybe significant amount. Right. And then I'm like, but I know there's other factors that are gonna play into this and it's gonna lead to like more name calling and demonizing and my heart grieves that. I think my heart grieves yeah. all, all of the finger pointing and left first right. And mm -hmm. it's like, rather than just being like, wow, like we're, we actually are turning it back over and letting you know each city or county or state, like it's not in this constitutional federal, it's actually turned mm -hmm. back over. That's something like something we're celebrating, but then I was thinking, oh man, but 
I hate the conversations that are going to come from this where mm. it just turns into demoniz demonization of the other. Right. Um, and that's what I think I was kind of like grieving probably my heart a little bit. Mm. Um, so I'm looking at this going today going, listen, I, I love this. Like, I want people to know Jesus. Mm. This is not going to be my, hey, you want to be saved? What's your thoughts on abortion? It's never going to be my leading thing. Right. So I want people to know Jesus. Yeah. And I'd say in that walk, and when this will inevitably come up, a part of someone's walk, there has to be grace. Mm. And I think walking with someone, but I do think we don't have a, I don't think we have a biblical worldview of, of what does God say about the mother's womb and how does he speak of it? Cause we, it's actually spoken of a lot more than we think. Mm. And how does Imago Dei and being image bearers of God, how does that play into this? And where does equality even come from? Why do we even believe that like everyone's in the same playing field? Why? And I love that. There's, there's so many beautiful things to me about this. Cause I go, I think the world has adopted some worldviews and it's like, you believe in equality? I do too. Where do you think that comes from? Right. That comes from Imago Dei. Absolutely. And I think that, how does it also play out? That plays out in this way. And I think this gives us an opportunity to show how this can actually play out in other things we might not even know about yet. Um, so it gives us opportunity to speak maybe into it in some, mm. in some ways. Um, and then obviously it gets nuanced. And I want to be able to lovingly walk through that, but still say like, I, I, I can't be ashamed of saying, um, I don't want, I don't want, still want this life to end. Like I can't hide from that. Mm -hmm. Here's another point too, just to to yeah. try to land the plane. Um, but I, I do think I, I do think that we're. I mean, how, how do I say this? People's beliefs inform their decisions. Is mm -hmm. the bottom line. And if you if people if people's hearts and minds are not changed on this topic, um, their decisions will not change. Mm -hmm. And just putting a legal parameter mm -hmm. over top of unchanged hearts and mm -hmm. unchanged minds mm -hmm. is only going to feed the fire of resentment mm -hmm. and it's only going to in, in a lot of ways just have negative compounding effects but if conversations like this and there needs to be so many more can happen where it's like forget about you know anything other than like what like let's talk about the truth let's like work through this conversation like listen to each other yeah. like figure out what are the obstacles and if you can help someone to rec to recognize that that humanity is valuable, even if it's small and and located, you know, in, inside of of another person, that's going to inform that person's decisions. But they're going to be the one riding that uh, riding that vehicle. Like it's going to be their choice. It's going to they're going to have the dignity to make an informed choice to make a right choice. It's not going to be. I hate this and like the patriarchy is taking all this away from me. It's going to be like, Hey, like I, like, I, like I, I keep saying this phrase, but like I've had a revelation of humanity and that's going to impact my decisions, not just, uh, after I'm pregnant, but might even affect my decisions of how did I get pregnant? And my, you know, it might have ripple effects in a lot of different areas of that person's life mm -hmm. in a good way. So I really do feel like the, the conversation is so important. The listening part is so important because how is anyone ever going to hear you unless you listen to them better mm -hmm. first? That's good, Brian. Do you, yeah, I mean, I would love to hear like, I guess, what is our closing thoughts on this? How do we, it's like, Phil, what's, where's the Lord doing in your heart right now? Or what's your closing thoughts on this? Man, I feel like this was special. Mm. Um, I feel like I learned even more, um, not only about the argument, about the Lord's character mm. tonight and how conversation should go. Mm. Like, like we said earlier, not even about just this topic, about mm, any topic, mm -hmm. any lens that is up for discussion sure. and, and her interpretation mm -hmm. of scripture. If my heart is in the right place, if my mm. posture is in the right place, that's where we get to where the Lord mm. wants us to be. 
And, and that's where I walk away, you know, from this conversation is loving people in a way where truth can be felt. Mm. That is my goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I could sum, sum up my last thoughts, it would be loving people in a way where truth can be heard mm. and however that wow. looks like for, for different people. I'm, I'm humbled by that. Like I'm humbled by your knowledge with your dad and then some of those things. Cause that is, it's so true. It's weird how I can talk to you know, or like talk with mm. and be heard throughout it. And, and it's, it's such a tricky thing. Cause, um, man, when you have people who go, I have truth, I have truth. And you go, how do we, how do we navigate this? Yeah. And how do we step back? And how do you say like, have a clear mind and say, okay, where is, where am I off? What am I not thinking correctly about? Mm. Like, am I open to the idea that maybe I've been fed something even in a religious way that's outside of the Bible? Am I being fed something that's not Bible for us as Christians, for the world might be just like, I need to step back and say, who have I heard this from? Where did I hear this? How do I kind of step back and say, maybe, maybe misinformation was passed on to one professor next or one person next, whoever it was, maybe it was just passed on. Maybe I received that. Maybe I need to step back. Like if all of us could kind of step back and ask some big questions, like what is life Hmm. and when does life begin? And do we fight? How do we fight for life? What could what should we use? What resources should we or should we not use mm. um, to fight for? Like, I guess like if we could stand back and ask some big questions, I think that'd be huge. Um, and I, I would love to again lead with the gospel, but eventually this conversation will come up, and I, I don't want to I don't want to shy, but I do want to figure out how to navigate through love and grace intact, yes. but also be like, but you got to know where I land, and I think why I land here is for just a big beautiful reason because your life has meaning. Hey woman, your life has meaning because when you were in your mom's womb, your life had meaning. You know, and if I could mm-hmm. show her a bigger picture of like, you've always had this meaning, like you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like yeah. in the womb, God called you out by name. And if I could show that woman who's going, but it's my, my body, my womb, I'm like, you're right. And when you were in your mom's womb, God knew your name and God knew the breath you'd breathe and God knew you'd say these things right now and let her see and feel like you had value. You value today. Yeah. You'll value tomorrow if you make a different decision. You also have, you had value in the womb as well. Mm. And if I don't, my point is like, how can I find meaning in that? Starting with that. Yeah. That's it. Because what am I going to tell you? Oh, I don't believe I have meaning. Mm-hmm. Like, like that. Are you telling me I'm valuable? <laughs> yeah, right? We laugh like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. To me, if you were telling me that yeah. and I was a non-believer, mm. I don't know. If you started with that, I don't mm-hmm. know how I would respond. Because mm-hmm. how am I going to be mad that mm-hmm. you're telling me my life has value yes. and purpose? Yes. And can I tell you, if there That's is no tough. God, do you like where does meaning come? Is there come such from? a thing as meaning? Do we make up meaning? Mm. God himself gives us this idea of meaning. Yeah. You know, like, and I just think it just goes, and you have it today, you'll have it tomorrow, no matter what you do. And you had it in the womb. Mm. And know that you, and here's how much you had it in the womb. Here's what it, it says about that. Because I think we need to, it's like, you've had meaning since the day you were conceived. You, yeah. God knew you before the sperm met the egg. God knew you before that. Like, and there was meaning at that moment, before that moment even. Yeah. You know, I think that's such a necessary thing. It's a game changer. I'm just saying like, dude, thank you. Just take the time to talk to us, to navigate this. I know it's not easier said than done of like, okay, I went from this to this. I don't think it's just that simple. Like I know mm. there's this, dude, there is a constant sanctification thing in my heart because there's so many things I say, but God, it'd be so much easier if you just did it how I want you to do it. Right. And there's this constant like, you want to find your life, lose it. I just feel like I'm, you display that so well mm. of like, you want to find it, lose it. And I think it's a great reminder to me. Like I never want to get to this place where I'm not having this like, okay, Lord, I want to, I want to lose my life. I want to, so I can find it. Like I want to give up Josiah and Josiah's natural heart bents to what is your heart bent towards? Um, so just, you display that and that's beautiful. And I want to continue to, and I, my hope is to like continue to learn from that. So thank you for doing that, man. It's just beautiful. Sweet. Thank you guys for Appreciate having it. me here. And I hope that this pointed to why 
I really love Jesus mm. because I, I work through stuff like this. Mm. You know, people ask, like, when you go to college, how did you lose your faith? Mm. I'm like, my faith got stronger mm. because I questioned it. Mm-hmm. And I mm. said, am I, do I really believe this? Not mm-hmm. because I grew up in it. Like, no, I'm like, no, there's evidence <laughs> yeah, here. And that's a whole apologetics class. But I'm like, no, there's evidence mm. here. And, um, and I really believe it. I mm-hmm. said, now I was, I was believing in faith, but I was like, no, now I can't mm-hmm. unbelieve it. I can't not go without it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's power in that. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, anybody out there, just keep, don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And um, because you'll be surprised what you find. Mm-hmm. You, you, you'll be very surprised what you find. I, I mm-hmm. wanted to ask some questions about this and my stance completely changed. Mm-hmm. So That's keep sweet. asking questions, keep learning. That's sweet. My closing <laughs> remarks will be, if anyone's listening to this, who, <laughs> if, if anyone's still listening to this, who also read one of my Facebook posts recently, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, not in that I disagree with anything that I said, but Phil, you you helped me to to see a little bit of a different approach that needs to be taken here. And I realize I'm, I'm convicted right now of I basically was gloating. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you can glow and, and you know speak the truth and that, but like that that's not a good attitude to have and it's and it's not compassionate basically toward the other way that people are even feeling about it, whether again, whether rightly or wrongly or whatever, like those are all different points. But like there's a whole swath of people that are like very sensitive. And I think to gloat is not Christ-like in a moment like that. So you helped me to see that, bro. Mm -hmm. That's really big. Yeah. Sweet. That's it. Thanks for listening for this two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah.